What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Truth Seekers Podcast. Buckle up, everyone. Do you have any particular outline you want to get into or anything you want to get into? Spiritual and paranormal from all of the three moons. Beyond your wildest dreams. Truth Seeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increased synchronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen at your own discretion. podcast man i'm excited delighted to be with you guys again my name is true seeker i'll be your host for this wild ride this adventure we're going to cover all things spiritual spirituality uh leaving no stone unturned that's what we do here uh cover all the topics man i'm um, looking forward to getting it in with my guest today uh 
brings a bunch of stuff to the table. Before we went live, he was asking, what are we going to talk about? I'm sure we're going to cover it all. It's going to be really good. Got a lot of questions for him. Uh, I want to say a huge thank you to uh, everybody supporting my work via Patreon. This is a listener-supported, listener-funded show. Doesn't exist without your help, man. So thank you guys for partnering with me, believing in the work, and coming on board. I'm going to give a shout-out to some of the latest patrons within the last week or so. Shout-out to Mars Eve. Thank you, my friend, for coming on board. And Morgan Spirit. Thank you guys for believing in the work and partnering. Uh, if you'd like to support, head on over to patreon.com backslash truthseeker there. You get access to my entire discography of music, all of the new music that I'm putting out. Everybody's inboxing me, asking me when I'm going to have new music available. There's a couple new songs already available on Patreon. It's available uh, months before it's available to the general public. So head on over there. Check out some of the new stuff. You get access to our Thursday night school of the mystics, which is the community aspect to what we're building here. You get access to uh, extra um, interviews, discord servers, a bunch of really cool stuff. So try to make, make it worth your while. Patreon.com backslash truth seeker. Check it out. Um, also, my new book is here. If you have not had a chance to get a copy yet, Spirit Realm, Angels, Demons, Spirits, and the Sovereignty of God forward by the man himself jordan maxwell need to get him back on to check it out it's on amazon check it out all right without further ado we're going to go ahead and jump into today's discussion my guest today is the man himself jeff Harmon. jeff welcome to the truth seeker podcast man how are you i'm doing good i'm doing real good we're having a video with uh we're having a video issue here i don't know why um can't hear you jeff you're pretty low Jeff, Jeff, you there, man? So, can you hear me now? No, it still sounds like you're far away. Uh, I don't know what to say here. Uh, we just had a computer go down. That's why. Um, let me see. I don't see your video or hear you. Yeah. Hang on, we're uh, all right. Okay, I hear you. Okay, now you can hear me. Good. Let's see if we can get the video back here. Now the video's not coming in. What happened is the computer went down. I don't know why. Um, so let's see if we can't get that to work. Well, we may have to do it just with audio. Okay. Am I coming through clear on the audio? Yeah, you sound good on the audio. Just no video. Maybe try um, turning the video off and back on, see if it picks back yeah, up. Yeah, I have been. I've actually been. Sl uh, there we go. We there got it. Fantastic. All right. Welcome Technical to the internet. Technical difficulties of uh, doing a live yep. stream. <laughs> that's it the happens. way it is. It's real life. Yeah. What's going on, brother? Real. How are you today? I'm doing very good. Very good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Do you work in radio? Do I work in radio? I do a lot of radio. I, I, I used to do a lot of radio commercials. I had a recording studio for years, and we did a lot of commercials. But uh, I never did a lot of narration. Everybody says I should do that. Right? Yeah, you got the perfect voice. I know I was on your website and seeing some of the uh, different media appearances that you've been on. And 
You've, you definitely uh, have a uh, wide range and list of uh, some amazing shows that you've been on, and so you, you definitely are no stranger to the, the podcast and radio world, though, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Good stuff. So um, uh, when I've I seen your bio and some of the stuff that you bring to the table, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything that we talk about on the show. So I'd like to cover it all. You were talking about where, where we can start, what's a good place to, to tackle I think uh, astrology it seems to be one of your strong points, and uh, wondering if maybe we can talk about that from a beginner's standpoint for somebody who is just totally green to uh, astrology and how it affects our lives and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, you know that's that's an interesting topic. I, I was actually a skeptic of astrology. It was in the um, mid seventies. I had just gotten my driver's license. I'm dating myself here, and. Uh, my mother was very accurate at describing issues with girlfriends uh, to the point to where I said, what are you doing? I said, this is way past mother's intuition. And uh, she said, well, I, I've got their charts. I said, well, what do you mean you have their charts? She says, well, I'm doing their astrology. And I said, well, come on. I said, that stuff doesn't work. Right. And I've always been into mysticism since a, a young child, but I never knew that astrology could really, you know, interact with the real world. And uh, she said, she kind of laughed and she said, well, before you debunk it, try it. And uh, that's when I started studying it. And I was at the time very much into like most young guys are, you know, it was motorcycles and horses. I grew up uh, in the North Woods of Wisconsin. It's kind of like Duke's Hazard up there, you know, where uh, it's just just a really rural place. And long story short, the more I got into it, it really intrigued me. And then as the 80s came in, I really started studying with many different people. And it started dovetailing back into many mystical experiences that I had when I was a child. Like I did an astral travel when I was about seven or eight years old, it was somewhere in that area. And my mother had said to me, you know, you probably astral projected. I had a little guinea pig that died in a cage and I was dreaming that I was standing next to it and I saw it. And then I woke up and I ran down the stairs and it was exactly that way. So that was kind of my beginning of my mystical journey. And I read voraciously many, many books and studied many, many things. And it's interesting because throughout my life, I've always been brought to a lot of different spiritual and religious things of varied types. Um, I got to work with Mother Teresa of Calcutta in the early, early 80s, I think it was 79 or 80, right when she had won the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. I actually was on a, uh, my company, we, we actually recorded and filmed her. And, um, and I was doing a series of different things with a lot of theologians from Rome, and I've done a lot of things with rabbinical texts and, and uh, studying and recording people through the studio. So it was, it was a lot of fun for me. And, and it's, it's really something that found me, particularly in the 90s, um, I found that uh, when I got into Vedic astrology and some of the more ancient Egyptian astrologies in the late 80s and eight, uh, early 90s is when it really started taking off for me. And uh, I've really never advertised or pushed or written any books yet. And um, it just I, I, I'm kind of amazed. I have clients from all over the world and business clients. And uh, I do a lot of different uh, I, I have clients in the government and military and uh, business um, and a lot of personal readings. And I, I think where it all ends up for me 
is everyone seeking, like I, I like the name of your show, Truth Seeker. We're all seeking to find out who the heck we are. And I think Vedic astrology is one area that really helps explain who we are as souls having a physical experience. And to me, I think that's something we're all, you know, either actively or somehow subconsciously seeking because, you know, Earth's, Earth's a challenging place to be, but it's also an amazing place to be, you know? Yeah, uh, man, I, you know, appreciate those um, Genesis stories, man, of where, like tracing <clears throat> it back to where it started and usually, you know, some somewhere when you was a child and had some type of supernatural otherworldly experience and for me, I, I trace everything back to my childhood and just mm. a seed was planted. Something was birthed in me when I, you know, was four or five years old having this uh, experience in the middle of the night with shadow beings and things like that. It mm. just, I think it opens you up to ask, ask the bigger questions. And so you, do, do you trace everything back to that, that first experience? Yeah, I've had a lot of experiences. Um, a lot of people would say they're UFOs, or I've had a lot of experiences with demons and spirits and angels, and it's been pretty wild stuff. Um, and that really got me into studying that stuff, particularly in the 80s. Um, and I don't think anyone can ever stop studying that stuff. It's mm -hmm. very uh, humbling. Um, one of the models that I always really found was was very very instructive was the kabbalistic models uh the, the very ancient ones uh when you get into the enochian very ancient texts um the, the many of the ancient hebrew texts are very informative like the sefer ratziel is actually a book from the archangel ratziel and that's probably some of the earliest astrology many people believe that it came from adam and uh, the whole Genesis story, like you were saying. And um, it really, ancient astrology is so much, I think, richer than modern astrology. And I don't mean to bash modern astrology. Most people know their sun signs, right? But in Vedic astrology, you're likely not to be the sun sign that you were in tropical astrology. Like everyone will say, I'm a Libra and I'm a Scorpio. Mm -hmm. In Vedic astrology, it's using a sidereal zodiac. And if, if I may, here, I'll, I'll just show you. If you can allow me to do screen sharing, yes. I could actually put something on the uh, screen here that's kind of interesting. This is a diagram I often use um, in sessions with uh, people. And, of course, Zoom today is such a, an amazing tool. I, I have, you know, clients all over the world that I'm able to share things with. And um, there's a model where our solar system, is going around the central sun. It's known as the precession of the equinoxes. And it happens about every 26,000 years. It's about 25,700 and something years. No one's completely in agreement. And um, yeah, you just allowed me to share. That's perfect. So what you'll see here, and probably the best diagram to show you is uh, this one right here. You can actually see this is the solar system, if you will, in glyph form. This is the sun out to Pluto. And you can see this is the central sun. Well, we go around that about every 25,700 and something years. And NASA has corroborated that. It's, it's actually, they say we're doing almost a half of a billion miles an hour around it. So fast so that the uh, planets are spiraling. Well, in Vedic astrology, they use this outer wheel. 
and also a lunar zodiac. And the whole premise of Vedic astrology is that we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And you could see the soul force energy leaving death to rebirth, and of course, on and on and on over the hills. And um, the real name of Vedic astrology is actually called Jyotisha, which means that's a Sanskrit word that actually means the science of the light of the soul. And I, and I have to say, it, it really it really is. It's, it's very amazing because all of us are here uh, by the premise of Vedic astrology, purifying and rectifying the soul. And um, when I got into that branch of astrology, it really changed my viewpoint. And um, it, it made me say, wow, we, we really are spiritual beings having this physical experience. Well, one of my favorite diagrams to show is this one. Um, no matter what your religious faith is, everyone believes well, let's hope everyone believes that there's a God, right? And God is, of course, above all creation. And it is believed that our souls are created right about here. And this, there's no astrology up here. Um, this is called, this is an Aramaic or Hebrew word called absolute, which means divinity. And they say there's 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions. And we've all heard of the seraphims, the cherubims, the thrones, and the orphanums that surround the throne of God. Beneath that, there's Briya, which is an Aramaic word or Hebrew word that means actually creation. So this is divinity creation. And they say there's 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions here. And of course, these are the classes of angels that are believed to rule this. It's way down here in what they call the Yetziratic worlds or the world of Yetzira. And that is an Aramaic or Hebrew word that means formation. This is where the rotating galaxies are and the, the, uh, you know, the, the planets and all, all the black holes and all the physical stuff physics refers to. And, that's, and they say there could be 49 parallel dimensions in the universe and 49 subdimensions in each one, which is almost incomprehensible when you think about that. And the, our Milky Way, just as a little... Uh, picture of that maybe way way down here and of course our solar system's on the edge of it and the last worlds is asaya asaya is the astral planes it is the place of demons and spirits and goats uh, ghosts and of course that's where asaya means action this is where the spiritual action really intermixes to the earth and of course we've all heard of the fallen demons um, a lot of people say it's just the devil well it's actually lucifer satan belial and leviathan and i think what, what i like about a model like this is you know even though different cultures do this differently like if you get into vedantic or tibetan or many other uh, models they're similar uh, different names but similar and uh, what we find is who are we well if our souls are created up here we're certainly not our astrology you see what i'm saying we are at the effect of the karmic energies of our astrology. And uh, that's kind of why in this plate, it shows the psyche, spirit, and soul's kind of spiritual DNA reincarnating over and over and over again until we purify and rectify the blemishes in the soul. And that's, that's the philosophy. And I, I actually think that that is correct. I mean, look at the planet. There's so many things going on here. Uh, it's constant war, um, and, and division and all that. And yet it's so many wonderful things going on on this planet, you know, man, 
Very interesting. Um, I know that astrology is the way to go. I know that it's telling our stories. It's telling the story that we're that we're journeying on collectively and individually, spiritually. Yeah. It's playing out in the stars and, and those things. And so, um, I know that we, we everyone should should at least look into it to some degree. When I look at the Vedic stuff versus you know uh, classical or whatever what what we have now. Um, Right. It, it it actually looks like a whole bunch of gibberish. It's really hard for me. I don't know where to start. <laughs> it, it, it can it be looks, yes. Yeah, it looks it looks um, intimidating. I'll say that. Is it I, I is, teach. is it hard? Is it hard? Do you have to be a master? Do you really have to give your life over to it, or is it something that anyone can pick up and just with a little well, bit? Of I think research? anyone can pick it up. The the key is like anything to be good at anything. You have to have the dedication to learn. The biggest issue with Vedic astrology or Jyotisha is there's many branches of it. And I think the nomenclature is the hardest thing because you're dealing with a very ancient, ancient science that comes from, the, there's many people who believe it could be an ancient form of Tamil, then it migrated into Sanskrit, then it, it's now blended with Hindi. So you're dealing with an ancient culture. We have to transpose all these terminologies into English to just comprehend it. Um, it's vast. There's many uh, branches. There's Maharishi Parashara, which was probably the main, most people studying Vedic astrology would study Parashara. That's, that's the main one. Then there's Maharishi Jaimini. Uh, there's Tajika. There's Prashna. Prashna is divinational. It literally is a- answering questions. And then uh, you have Mahurta, which is electional astrology, picking times to get married, picking times to take a trip or picking times to, um, you know, commence an event. And um, that's called electional astrology in the West. So, yeah, it, it's a whole nother. Way. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. World, it really is. And I, I started BC before computers. And I always like to tell the story. I had one teacher. He's now gone. Um, amazing guy. Uh, and, and what happened, he said, Jeff, you must always cast chart by hand. So we would draw the charts out, you know, and color in all the planets from, from the, uh, what they call an ephemeris or panchanga. And uh, he says, see, now you get the feel of this. And then I think it was in the late nineties, like somewhere around 97 to 99, I came in with the first Vedic astrology program on a laptop and he's like, Oh my God. He goes, that is so fast. He said, that's amazing. He says, I want a copy. I said, no, 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 Grasshopper. You must always cast chart by hand. And he started laughing. He goes, no, no, I, I want a I copy. I said, yes, you do. So computers have really revolutionized astrology. And, and it's wonderful because people studying it 
they get these programs and they're just daunted. They're like, Oh my God, what do I do? You know, all these different terms and, and things that you can do. And the problem with astrology programs is you have to set them up appropriately. There's so many different settings. And uh, once you get them right, very, very amazing uh, tool to have because you, you can, I can calculate things now in seconds that used to take me literally 45 minutes. Um, can, can you use all of them? All of what? Um, the different like, modes of astrology, like the, the like the classical ones that we have now, versus some of the the uh, the different um, the Vedic or whatever. Can, can, I, I can do. You read them I, I my my main core go to systems are location astrology, which I find absolutely amazing. Uh, location astrology is extrapolating your here. I'll show you. Uh, people can actually see it. It's kind of nice to see the visual on this. So you can see here, I'm going to start a program and this is one that I use a lot. And you can see here, this is literally a map uh, that'll come up here and uh, you can look anywhere in the world. Now, of course, I'm looking at the U S right now and you can see, you can see like any planet with MC rules career relationships are affected by the DS nomenclature. So you have the planets on what we call angles, sunrise, noon, sunset, mid midnight, which is different for every individual. Every single person has their own unique footprint of energy based on the time they were brought in. And, um, What's fascinating about that is you also have latitude crossings. And then last but not least, you have transit. So it's, it's very complex. Like you can actually see if I animate this, you can, I'm going in monthly increments here. You can see the planets moving back and forth. So as planets retrograde and go direct across the globe, depending on where one lives, it drastically affects the energies coming in. And you also have what we call progressions too. So it's, it's an amazing tool. That's one that I use. The other one that I use a lot is interrogation astrology, which is synonymous with prashna. Interrogation means literally asking a question. Um, for instance, um, you know, I, I get this all the time where people are in various situations and they'll say, you know, is this relationship going to work out or uh, where's my cat uh, or, you know, is my mother's health going to be OK? You can ask all kinds of questions and, you know, I can't give anyone medical or legal advice, but you can certainly get some really good insights into the probability of which way something is going to go. And uh, that, again, many people today call that horrorary. Horrorary is a Latinized word that means interrogation or questions. And I, I never liked that word. So I always call it interrogation, which is <clears throat> actually a hand-me-down from a very ancient astrologer named Rabbi Ibn Isra, which I like a lot. And he kind of coined that phrase in the 1100s. He was actually brought around by kings and queens in kingdoms. And uh, he would work with generals and the king or the queen on many, many different things. Also, electional times were used to pick times for coronations, uh, laying foundations. In fact, there's actually a mural where George Washington, in fact, you can see it right there. That was it. I just blew by it here. Um, there's a mural where George Washington had uh, laid the foundation in the United States Capitol at a very specific time. Where is it? I, I keep blowing by it here. There it is right there. So um, they actually laid the cornerstone of the Capitol 
um, at a very auspicious time. You can see he's got his Masonic apron on there. See that? And um, interesting stuff. So, you know, Benjamin Franklin, the, uh, one of the, you know, four founders, or you could say founding framers, uh, was adamant about using electional astrology. Um, I find free will has to be in there that, you know, I don't think people should live their life by astrology, but I, I think it's, it's a very powerful tool to see when things can work out. And every time I haven't used it, I've seen disastrous results in my life. And that's why uh, I always go back and say, wow, I mean, I should have used it. And um, it's, it's pretty amazing. Are these cycles the same every year or, or, is it, or is it different every year? Oh, God, this constantly changing. It's an absolute kaleidoscope of change. I mean, take the world right now. I have been, you know, people years ago were asking me, um, I, I, I was on Coast to Coast, God, it had to be 10 years ago or 15 years ago. It was, it was a long time ago. Um, and several radio shows. And everyone was asking me, what do you think of the Mayan calendar? And I said, not much. I said, I can't come up with a single thing that is directly going to affect the world with the Mayan calendar. And of course, 2012 came and 2012 went. And, you know, he said, well, when, when does the astrology look like the cycles are coming? And, you know, you mentioned Genesis and we talked a little bit about Enoch. Well, the ancient text in astrology said that God made changes to the world on Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions, which anyone study astrology will know happens about every 20 years, but about every thousand years, they happen in very specific configurations. And on the radio shows, I said the, the, the time that I would be concerned about the world going through transformation and change is 2020. And they said, why? I said, because we have a 240-year uh, sub-cycle of Saturn and Jupiter. The last time, and, that, and that's exactly what happened this January. Um, we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which what did we have? We're, we're all wearing masks. The whole country, the whole world was shut down, not just the country. And, of course, we had the, the pandemic breakout. We've had... I'm kind of amazed at how accurate the astrology was this year. Um, we had a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Every time those happen, major transformations happen in the world. And at the end of this year, on the winter solstice of literally on December 21st this year, we have a 240-year Saturn-Jupiter conjunction. And people say, well, what does that mean? Well, the last time we had something like that was the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And we went from horses, you know, to literally flying through the, the skies and going to the moon and, and all the other things that we do. And, and look at the communications. You and I are sitting across the country with vivid clarity, <laughs> hearing ourselves, you know, in, in excellent detail. And the world has changed. And I think we're going to see a high tech revolution that is going to be mind boggling over the next well, clearly in the next 200 years, but for the next, I, we're about ready to rocket forward. It's going to be like the Jetsons. I, I really think in 10, 20 years, we're going to be astounded at where we're at. And and the astrology shows that, the cycle show it. Did you happen to watch that uh, latest interview with Joe Rogan and um, Elon Musk? Uh, no, he did not. Wow. No. 
Yeah, he's they're they're trying to um come up with the technology which they already have it. They're just trying to implement it where they can put the, the biochips within the brains and fix your body, cure Alzheimer's, dementia yeah. will be no more, living longer, all all types of it's learning all coming. capabilities downloaded with the new program. Far to listen to that podcast is intriguing, it's beautiful and scary at the same time. Yeah, and scary, yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's the problem is, is it's a double-edged sword, you know, we're going to see, I personally think, um, it's, it's very interesting, you know, and I don't want to get into politics because a lot of people love Trump. A lot of people hate Trump, especially here in California. If I say anything that sounds like I like Trump, I'm going to get bricks thrown through my window. But, (laughs) but the bottom line is it's very fascinating to me what happened with Tesla. Speaking of Elon Musk, Tesla I think really cracked the dielectric secrets to the atomic structures of, of uh, physical matter. And today many people refer to that as free energy, cold fusion. There's many names for it. And I think he had it. And I think he presented that to JP Morgan and many others and they quashed it. They said, well, wait, wait a minute, we're, we're pumping oil out of the ground and you want to come along with something that negates it? No, no way. And I don't think the world was ready. Um, it's interesting that, and why I brought up Trump is because John Trump, which was uh, Donald Trump's uncle, uh, was in the CIA and he was part of the team that confiscated all of the Tesla documents, um, or at least probably had access to many of them um, when Tesla passed away in the New York hotel. And um, I, I think there's a lot of things that have been shelved that are probably going to be introduced to society very soon. Um, this Saturn Jupiter conjunction that's happening is really truly ushering in a new age. And we're going to see a lot of innovators like Elon Musk and many others. Can you imagine what the military actually really has? I mean, think about having, I, I know I have a couple clients in black ops and I can't say anything, but I can tell you that the, um, the United States is in a unique position because it prints its own money and it sets the global standard for the dollars. And, and, I've heard the amount of money poured into black ops is just a st- a staggering and no one knows, you know, no one really knows what it is. And um, when you have that kind of research power um, and, and resources, it's, it's got to be mind boggling what's really there. I, I think the reason the society doesn't have it is the structures. I mean, we go to a gas pump, we don't realize when we run that credit card, we're paying taxes, road taxes, and so many other things in the infrastructure. So, in order for this to happen, it's, it's going to, it's going to take time. It's going to take, you know, a lot of changes, which I think are coming. And I, I think that's why we're seeing America and the world go through so much drama right now. Even the George Floyd, I could, I, I, I was amazed because everybody said to me, what do you think of the pandemic? Is it ever going to end? And in Vedic astrology, the moon's north and south nodes, which are known as eclipse points, that's where the sun and the moon join, 
were they went into two very malefic lunar mansions. And just for anyone here, this is kind of cool. I'll show you this. Um, these are known as the lunar mansions that surround the Earth. And I always joke around with the astronomers because a lot of astronomers laugh at astrology. They really do. They, they, they think, oh, come on, it's a joke. You know, the, the constellations don't line up. Well, they're right. They don't. It's a spiritual construct. Well, this is the 27 lunar mansions that surround the Earth. And of course, I just put a picture of the Earth here. So as the moon, which, by the way, the moon's doing almost Mach two and a half around the Earth, which is quite fast, the moon is, they say the soul passes through the body at the first breath, the angel ties the spirit, psyche, and the soul to the body at first breath in Vedic astrology. And that's also a, a Kabbalistic legend, too. And I absolutely believe it's true. I was in the delivery room when my son was born and witnessed that, which was amazing. So the lunar mansions are very sacred and they surround the earth. And again, no matter how much the astronomers polish the lenses on their telescopes, they're never going to see this zodiac either because it's a spiritual construct. Well, why did I tell you this? It's because this year, right when the pandemic broke out, in fact, precisely, we had two very important things happen. One, we had a Kala Sarpa Yoga. That's a strange term in Vedic astrology. That means all the planets were in between the moon's north and south nodes. In fact, here, I can actually show that to you. Watch. Um, and I, everybody said to me, when do you think this is going to start to break? And I said, I, right, I, it'll start to, to break in April, but it'll really start to break right at the end of May. Now, watch this. You can actually see, if you look, every single planet here on this wheel is in between this little horseshoe and this little horseshoe. See that? Every planet's on that side of the arc. There's no planets right here. That's known as a Kala Sarpa Yoga. And what does that mean? Well, often they call it a serpent curse, but they also mean that it's a very powerful karmic time when energies release. Well, the nodes, meaning the moon's north and south nodes, were also in these malefic lunar mansions. And every time they get in them, there's some kind of a strange occurrence on the Earth. Good, good example. AIDS broke out on this. Uh, Kennedy was killed on this. We had strange stuff in the 50s on that. Um, I think the, the Hiroshima happened on that. The pandemic of 1917, which would kill almost 100 million people, they, they guesstimate. Uh, they documented over 50 million globally. Now, can you um, go back and, we, and chart that? Like, can you go back? Oh, yeah, sure you can. Yeah. yeah. And and I went back and looked at the plague, the black plague, the quote unquote black plague of, uh, of, of uh, London was the same thing. They had those same conditions. So these have the nodes actually go around the zodiac about meaning the moon's north and south node, which, by the way, for anyone listening who's into Vedic astrology, they call the north node of the moon Rahu and the south node of the moon Ketu. And Rahu and Ketu uh, are known as the serpent. In fact, there's an ancient legend that when God gave the immortal potion to the planets, this demon snuck in and drunk the po potion. And uh, the son told God, uh, this demon snuck in and drank it and threw a discus at it and cut it in half. The head became the north node. And of course, the south node became the south node or Ketu. The head became Rahu and Ketu. And they're known as the serpent. Uh, 
And that's because they kind of serpentine back and forth around the Zodiac every 18 and a half years. So what's unique is every 18 and a half years, we're not going to get a major pandemic, but this one was so severe because of the confluence of events. You can actually see, look at this is Pluto, that's Jupiter, that's Saturn. They're all right together right now. And watch what happens here right on May 27th. Here, if I go forward, May 26th and May 27th, you can see the moon shoots out past the North Node. And right after that, literally days later, Mercury broke the Kalasarpa Yoga. And that's it. So, And then people say, well, okay, great, the pandemic ended. And then the George Floyd riots broke out. Well, notice Venus is retrograde too. So it's like we went from one thing to the next. And the all the rioting and the insanity happened right when Venus went retrograde. And Venus retrograde was also synonymous with Lucifer falling or the ancient Quetzalcoatl Mayan myth where something happens, some someone in power commits an atrocious act, and then there's retribution for it. Well, it's exactly what happened. You know, we that video was played and everyone went crazy. And now the other reason I think the unrest is going on is because we have the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction coming in. So, And, and there's a lot more things. Astrology is not simple. Um, we also have the United States chart. Um, see, there, the, the signing of the Declaration of the Independence is a, another uh, thing that astrologers use to look at the cycles, just like the birth chart of you and me or anyone else, you can look at the birth chart of a nation. And because the United States is so new, it's only 240 something years old. Um, we have that data and there's dispute between astrologers as to which one to use, but no matter which one we use, I use the Sibley. It's named after a mystic named Ebenezer Sibley. And that's why they call it the Sibley chart. He's, he's believed to have recorded the exact time they documented or were signing it. And long story short, the United States is going through some serious transformation here over the next two years. So no matter who gets in, um, I can tell you they're going to have a real situation to deal with here with, with the, the U.S. going through some very powerful transits. That's interesting. Um, I, that's the- one of the first times that I've heard the, uh, I guess the the um, the moons referred to as mansions, and uh, one mm. of the uh, it's an interesting scripture in the Bible says, "In my Father's house are many mansions," and it's speaking yeah. about astrology. Well, yeah, and I I think it's beyond astrology. You know, I mean, when you look at that model I had spoken about before, which you talk about mansions, there's literally worlds, dimensions, and worlds here. Um, yeah, just the astral planes alone are a labyrinth. I mean, if you have 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions down here, this is also known as the pouch of the slingshot in many ancient Egyptian and rabbinical texts. The pouch of the slingshot is this astral world down here between what they call the sublunar world of the moon and the earth in an astral sense. And many physicists, um, are saying that this is quite probable, particularly in quantum physics, where there are multiple dimensions uh, in in the astral worlds. And um, again, many psychics, intuitives are very familiar with this. And this is the world of the ghosts, of the demons, and all that other stuff. And um, 
I, I really believe that that is so. And the lunar. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Position in the physical world seems to really coincide with, with, with something in Vedic astrology known as the Vimshatori Doshas, which are time lords that every soul will experience throughout their lives. Um, I, I, I'm amazed at how accurate it is. Again, I was, I was a skeptic of astrology. I'm like, you know, I, I really was into physics and electronics growing up and always uh, music. I love music. And, um, you know, I, I don't believe in just theory. I, I have to see some result. And the thing with astrology is you see concrete results in these cycles. Um, I've seen it in my own life. It's absolutely mind-boggling. And the religions have demonized it. Oh, it's the work of the devil. Well, that's kind of interesting because, you know, talk about Rome here for a minute. The Rome, early Roman church, uh, we've heard of like the Nicene councils and many different councils that had existed in Rome. And they basically took the doctrines of reincarnation and threw them out the window. And they're one of the few religions on the earth that had done that. Almost every other culture believes in the potential of reincarnation and afterlife and all of that. And um, this world here of Asaya is called the pouch of the slingshot in rabbinical texts, which means where souls leave when they exit, of course, life, known as death to us. And um, they will oftentimes be in these astral worlds for whatever amount of time it would be. And they say the guardian angel, there's a celestial court and no one knows exactly where that is, but the celestial court appears to be uh, at least with this dimension lined up with this solar system. And what's fascinating is they say the angel will attach the spirit soul and psyche like an assignment to the embryo at conception, not at birth. And you're not in the, the embryo, but you're attached to it, like with the silver cord analogy. And then the nine months of gestation, you're in converse with this angel. And then right when the child exits the mother's womb, the um, angel ties the spirit, psyche, and soul to the body permanently at first breath. And um, I, I never knew if that legend was true. It's actually, a t uh, anyone can see that That's a, 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 or read about that. That's actually in a text called the Sefer Haggadah. 
Um, Sefer means book in Hebrew and Haggadah means legends. And it's a fascinating text written by two rabbis out of Russia in the late 1800s. Um, and there's several versions of it. But uh, I never knew if that was true until my son was born. I was holding my wife's hand and I literally saw, I didn't see any wings or shapes, but I saw two spheres of light and they joined right when he cried. And it, my, my hair and my skin just went, I just went, oh my God, it's true. And I, I wasn't even thinking about it, you know, because my wife had to go with an epidural and C-section and it was kind of traumatic. And I'm, of course, I'm watching a doctor slice my wife's stomach wide open, kind of graphic and yank the baby out and all the blood and the fluid. So the last thing on my mind was angels, right? And then I see that and I'm going, oh my God, you know, this is amazing. And it, the energy in the room was so sacred. It was so enlightening. And I'll, I'll never re forget go, going around the table um, they had, they had, they put my boy on this little table and he was crying and he reached, I went up over him and I, he reached up and grabbed my thumbs and stopped crying and looked right at me and they can't see, you know, uh, when, when they're first born, at least that's what they say. And, uh, it was, that was the most profound experience of my life. I, I have to say that was yeah. absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, they they say the guardian, uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off. They, I just want to add this before I forget. They say that the positions of the planets, if you take the Hebrew letters, you can actually get the name of the guardian angel from the moment in time you're born. I do that a lot for people on pendants uh, with astral uh, gemstones that I, I set for people. You can actually get the name of your guardian angel. How do you do that? Well, you take the, the astrology. See, what you do, let's just pretend this is someone's birth chart. You order the 22 Aramaic or Hebrew letters repeatedly around the wheel. It's a, it's a mathematical task. It takes me about 45 minutes. And then you take each planet's position and degree, and you order that in what we call the Egyptian essential dignities. And I'm not so sure they're Egyptian, but, uh, you know, you can see down here, this is the Egyptian essential dignity. So you order that planet's letter that it's in, in the Egyptian essential dignities. What's even more mind boggling is there's correspondences in the numerology to the Bible um, in Genesis, uh, the Psalms and many different uh Old Testament that's called the Torah, and also in the Psalms that numerologically relate to the angel. And I've done this for many people. And it's kind of mind boggling because a lot of the phrases match some of the destinies of the soul. So I always say, forget Trinity, Neo and Morpheus. This is the real matrix. They, they actually say the angel, and this is, this is cool. Watch this. If you've, if you've ever seen, I'm sure you've seen the tree of life. Most, most people have. They actually say the human form is imbued with spirit and the positions of the planets on the tree of life align with the merits of the soul as it's incarnated. And then that becomes like a print. So your birth chart is literally like a resonant print. It's not you. It's the resonant print of the journey of the soul in this incarnation. So when you look at transits and progressions and doshas, it's completely amazing because what it does is it, it shows the journey of the soul. Like uh, primary directions in astrology are kind of mind boggling. I just lost two really good friends 
they were very young. They were only in their 60s and uh, both died of a heart attack. And I was astounded at the primary directions that were in their charts. Both of them passed away. And, and you know, I don't like to look at that for people. <laughs> I mean, most people, they kind of want to know when they're going to check out. And I think you can alter that stuff, but it's pretty amazing how accurate the astrology is. It, it really is. I'm, I'm kind of mind blown up by it. Looking at uh, this human experience and uh, this this journey of the soul that we're we're undergoing, do you think that uh, once we pass, do you think that we step into other worlds and incarnate there to to learn things and with different experiences as well, or do we just keep coming back to this realm and this world as we know it to be Earth? Do you think there's other uh, expressions oh, yeah. and, and, and um, dimensions do. that we enter into and got to pass through to learn other things. Here we learned how to love. Here we learned how to overcome our fears and you know th those kind mm. of things. And there's so much that we're learning, but a different existence where there's other things to learn and we're incarnated differently with the same soul. Oh, absolutely. In fact, here's an interesting world of texts. Let me show you this. This is a, a text. For anyone that wants to, this is called the Share Hagilgam or Sharar. In Aramaic and Hebrew, Shar or Share means gate or gates. And Hagilgam means cycling or recycling. So you can see the text is the gate of reincarnations. And in this, what it talks about, there's a model. See, the Nefesh is known as the lower psyche. There's another analogy I can show you. See, in psychology, this big, thick, a dark line is kind of the demarcation between what maybe a psychiatrist or psychologist would call our conscious mind below here and our subconscious mind is above here. Notice this planet. If anyone knows astrology, that is Saturn. Saturn is the cross over the crescent of the moon. In fact, all the glyphs of the planets come from the circle, the crescent, and the cross, every one of them. The sun, they, they say the physicists, certain ones, are beginning to agree that the suns aren't just nuclear fission. They could be, and I, I don't know if you've heard of the electrical universe, but they could be an interaction that's much different than they originally thought. Um, there is other texts that say the reason that the stars and the suns are so bright is because they're shining down into these lower dimensions from the upper dimensions above. We hear this about ascended masters and, and you know, like when Christ let out his energy and different people let out their energy. They're so bright, people can't even see. Well, isn't try looking at the sun sometime. They say the sun is like a portal, if you will, to the upper realms. And that's why it gives life and heat and vitality. Any scientist will tell you the sun is much more than heat. We couldn't live but for seconds without the sun. Um, it, it's putting so much energy into these lower worlds, or at least our lower world for sure, and the other ones. So the principle, and this is deep stuff to answer your own question, and I certainly don't claim to have all the answers, but they say the lower psyche is the nefesh, the rosh is the spirit, the neshma is the lower portion of the soul. And incarnations on earth keep happening until we purify and rectify the soul so that we can move on to these upper worlds. And I, I to answer your question, I believe absolutely um, 
we could incarnate one time, we could incarnate thousands. I certainly don't know. I know Vedic astrology is astounding. You can see where your soul root comes from on the tree of life. And um, here, I'll just cast a chart in Vedic astrology so people can see, since we've got the ability to go visual here. Um, this is... Um, I'll just cast a chart here uh, to just show you what this is one type of Vedic astrology. It's, it's the Northern Indian. You also have the Southern Indian charts that look like this, but um, either one can be used. But again, Vedic astrology has these over here. They're known as karakas. You can see what karaka means in plain English is indicators. And AK means the Atma karaka, which is the soul roots indicator so every one of us has the the zodiac and and i should say the entire heavens is this exceedingly complex matrix of angelic forces that the soul is imprinted through as it incarnates so we're not our astrology modern astrology i call it love light and cluelessness everyone oh my sun sign and the internet has become so inladen with sun sign astrology and there is some truth to it because the lower psyche um is is definitely the egoic sense of self is the sun so we all have an ego and we all have our our sense of self but that's not us and i think once we get past that, all the great spiritual teachers tell us that, you know, once we become more stoic, less reactive, and uh, learn to be in connection with our higher self or our higher consciousness, we stop becoming so angry and violent and all that. And we start really receiving maybe the upper consciousness that we all have. And that is blocked a lot by the ego. And what's interesting is Saturn seems to be the escape from Alcatraz planet. If I go back to this diagram, this will kind of blow your mind. You know what Malachus means? That's the earth. You sowed is the moon. That is Venus. That's Mercury. That's the sun. That is Jupiter. That's Mars. Guess what Binya is? Saturn. So when you look at the psyche, the spirit, and the lower portion of the soul, we come here to rejoin this in incarnations through the purifications. Every reading I do, including in my own life, we all say, God, why do we have to endure this relationship or this situation? Why is so-and-so mad at me? Or why did I end up, you know, in a situation that I grew up like this? In Vedic astrology, People always think I'm psychic. They go, well, how did you know my mom was that way or my dad was that? How did you know that, you know, this happened? And I'm saying because it showed up in the progressions and transits in your Vedic astrology. And they're like, wow. Like I met my, my wife uh, about 23 years ago now at a gas station in Malibu. And, you know, I guess meeting someone at a gas station isn't too, too intriguing sounding, but if you put Malibu in there, it sounds better. Right. So anyways, we, uh, we ended up meeting at a coffee shop later and um, I brought my computer with me and I, I cast her chart. And the first thing I noticed was, wow, what happened to you at about two and a half, three years old? And, you know, she gets a little bit of a tear in her eye and, and she says, 
that's when I was given up for adoption and my aunt adopted me. Well, how would I know that? Because the primary, see, the positions of the planets, to keep this simple, in plain English, when you're born, the positions of all the planets will progress in what we call primary directions, which is a fancy term for the motion of the Earth daily. And when you view these, you can see the riddles of life unfolding. And she had the primary directed moon conjuncting Saturn almost precisely two and a half years later after birth, right off the bat. I just had a client the other day. I said, oh, my God, what happened to you, you poor girl, at, at about three years old, uh, it was just before four. She had the primary directed uh, moon opposing Mars. Well, her mother left her. And, and she was raised by her father. Her mother just left. So I see this all the time. Like I had a horrible motorcycle accident in the late 70s. And I'm going, what the heck caused that? And I noticed primary directed Mars was conjuncting Mercury. Almost to the T. And uh, I, I see this throughout all. We all are given challenges. And a lot of the religious stuff is really accurate that we are here to, you know, purify and become more spiritual and holy. You know, the problem is, is everyday life doesn't lend to that. We're all in this modality of, you know, attack and balance the checkbook, get the job that we don't like or, you know, endure all these things. And a lot of them are karmic lessons. They really are. Mm. And it's our reaction to them that makes the difference. Man, so many questions and uh, so much good stuff. There's a b bunch of people enjoying it uh, in the chat. There's some people here um, who are familiar with the Vedic astrology as well. So really mm. cool. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Um, so you know, we spent we spent the first hour talking about uh, astrology. I know we can keep going on about it. There's some other yeah. things that that we mentioned as well. Um, and uh, you you mentioned having these experiences with what some people call UFOs and things uh, like that, and how that took you to another level of uh, whether it's spirituality or just these experiences and things like that. What were some of those in encounters with uh, UFOs and things like that? I I've had a lot. Um, God, let me, where can I start? Well, I'll, I'll tell you one that happened to me that was really kind of mind blowing. Um, I used to be in a musical group and um, we, we, we would, play and, and I was coming home from a girlfriend's house late one night on a motorcycle. This is God, it said to be like 1975, 1976. Um, it was a long time ago. And I'm going along, this is way up in Northern Wisconsin and I'm going along a lake called Big St. Germain. And I noticed out of my review or out of my mirror on my left side, I, I saw a flash of yellow light. Oh, that's weird. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning and I look up and I'm in the middle of the woods, right? Cruising down this really desolate road. It was like sleepy hollow up there. Mm -hmm. And I look and I see this triangular shape up above the trees. I thought, okay, that's kind of weird. And it had this luminescent look. So then I, I hit the, the gas and I'm going along and there's a lot of lakes up where we lived. It's way up in the woods. And I got to our lake, which is called Lost Lake. And I was coming down the road and I took a left going, now going along the lakeshore. And about probably a quarter mile up, the bike dies, completely dies, just done. I mean, no lights, nothing. And um, 
I thought, okay. And at the time I smoked, everybody smoked in the seventies. Right. So I took my Bic lighter out and I, I light it and I check. And, and I remember I had a little tool kit. It was a little tool kit underneath the battery. And I, I arced the battery with two, with a, with a wrench and a, and a screwdriver, nothing. I mean, just dead. And I thought, wow, that's strange. So uh, just a little ways up the road, I knew a friend was there and, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, I come knocking on the door and I said to Mr. Laramatis, I said, Hey, do you, do you mind if I, sorry to wake you up? Do you mind if I uh, put my bike down here? Cause you know, I explained what happened and he was, he said, yeah, I'll help you push it down. So he comes up to the road with me. This is a long driveway. And he's the one that noticed that he saw the same thing up there way off above the trees. He says, what the heck is that? And I said, well, that's interesting because I saw the thing up above me over on Big St. Germain. And he said, well, that's kind of weird looking. And it was coming down really, really slowly. I used to track these things. So put the bike there. He gave me a ride home because I still had a few miles to go. And um, next morning I took the pickup truck and came with my mother, came over because she was going to drive the truck home and, and uh, in case it started. And I went over there and uh, was ready to load the bike up. And I figured, well, maybe I'll just try it. I, I hit the key, boom, 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 thing just starts right up. Perfect, battery perfect. And of course, you know, no explanation, but I think that thing shut me down. So I've had many experiences like that. I've had missing time where we've ended up on other sides of roads. I've had spiritual demons come in and like grab me by the neck when I'm sleeping and drive it away. And that got me, this now, now enters the 80s. I had this really interesting and fascinating journey. Um, I was hired by this spiritual organization, actually a couple of them, to do all these radio shows and with my studio. And we would do audiovisual stuff and radio and some video, a uh, little bit of film. That's how I ended up uh, filming Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And I started recording all these theologians coming over from Rome in the place called the Bellarmine Retreat House Chicago. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, it, was, it was really fascinating because I was exposed to all this different religious um, theologies. And um, of course, meeting Mother Teresa was really cool. She was very, very sweet hardly said anything. And I got the recorder and film her for about two and a half hours in a little town called Kenosha, Wisconsin. And long story short, as time went on, I, I just was really blessed to be exposed to so many different things, both in Christianity, Judaism, and Hinduism and Tibetan, uh, you know, all Taoist, all these different things and Buddhism. And it's, it's always been a fascination to me 
that they all believe in God, but they all believe in it completely different. And there's truths every one of them. And I'm thinking all this, where does all this fit with astrology? And clearly we are in a very divine, diverse place here that it's all going on here on earth. It really is. This is, this is a, a really amazing place of such diverse karmic uh, energies. I mean, you can do anything here. You can, <clears throat> you can get angry and kill someone, which I would highly recommend no one do because the karmic implications beyond that alone, let alone the horribleness of that is not recommended. And um, then you can do the most divine things. You can heal, you can, you know, be kind to people and, and really uh, nurture and, and, and make wonderful things on this planet. So it's, it's the place of free will. It really is. And I think the ghosts and demons are pissed off at us. And a lot of them, not so much the ghosts as much as the demons, because I really think they were cast down. I think the Genesis story is much more accurate than meets the eye. And it appears that they, really don't like human beings. Um, they, they despise us because we have the free will. But if they can lead us, they certainly will. You think they're jealous of us and they need a host to kind of like feel what it feels like to be human again or, or, be, or, or not human, but have a, a physical existence again? I think that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, we hear these, uh, the books of Enoch are very fascinating and there's overwhelming evidence that has been presented by some really good minds that the new Testament was largely influenced by the book of Enoch. And um, they found Ethiopian texts, there's uh, Egyptian and different versions of it. Um, and that appears to be pre-Andaluvian. And it speaks about how the demons have copulated with women. And of course we hear the story of the giants. Well, there's military guys who will tell you that they've seen strange phenomena underground, uh, giants, uh, different places. This stuff is kept very, very secret. Um, I know I've seen uh, a lot of people have heard of Bigfoot, right? But I've seen some stuff up in the woods that was pretty inexplicable. I, I'm, I'm not that tall. I'm about maybe six, three, six, three and a half. And I was walking in the, again, the seventies. And I saw this huge individual. I mean, he had to be eight feet tall. I mean, just towered over me and hardly crunched. I, I just heard the snow crunch a little bit. I was walking up on a dark night to a friend's house and this guy turned around, whatever he was, he didn't look like a Sasquatch. He just looked like a huge individual. He turned around and saw me. It was probably about 100 yards away, so I couldn't see. It was, it was pretty dark. He turned around and ran silently and went through the brush. And I know that brush. You, you could not, a deer couldn't go through that brush and not break a twig. And that, that dude was gone. And I went up to my friend's house. We went down there with lights and we're looking. And we saw these huge footprints and um, pretty wild stuff. So there's a lot of stuff going on on this planet that is very secret I believe the black ops and the military are very familiar with this stuff. I mean, we've heard all the stories about the underground bases and all this crazy stuff going on. There's probably a lot more truth to it than we know. For some reason, it's not allowed to be exposed at this time to the secular public. I mean, we know they go out of their way to keep it secret. And uh, I think the government has probably been interacting. I mean, we've heard about Lieutenant Philip Corso. 
I'm sure you've heard of him, right? The, mm-hmm. the uh, whole Roswell thing. And in fact, my wife, Camille, who wrote for UFO magazine in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, I, I was exposed to a lot of really wonderful researchers. And I, I work with remote viewing people, uh, it both uh, outside of the military and some I can't mention, but um, it, it's I've done research and we found that the celestial energies, meaning astrology and positioning of fixed stars and planets have a huge effect on remote viewing. And they see all kinds of stuff. It's it's pretty bizarre uh, what goes on in this planet. And it's also bizarre to me how it's kept so secret. Uh, many guys in the military will tell you they have seen phenomena documented on radar and scientific instruments uh, right off the coast of Malibu here. There's this huge underground tunnel and they've documented the, these craft come out of there and they go from like nothing to, you know, warp speed, if you will. <laughs> I mean, it's just thousands of miles an hour. Anything we'd have would burn up trying to do that. Have you been up to, um, Mount Adams, where uh, James Gilliland is in Washington. Oh no, I have not. No. Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. They're seeing all these type of of uh, uh, UFOs and craft and things like that that they are kind of kind of summoning, if you will, going out under the night sky and kind of making yeah, contact. Yeah. And there's a lot of activity in and around mountains, which are interesting. There's portals and things <clears throat> opening up that they're catching on camera, and lights coming out of the mountain and flying away and coming into the top of a mountain and things like that. Even around volcanoes, we've seen UFO activities around volcanoes and such as well. It, you know, that that's a great topic. You bring up mountains. What's in a mountain? All kinds of minerals, crystals, right? It, what, what it, when you think about minerals and crystals, I mean, even in our computers, the chips still use crystals to time. So it's, it's amazing uh, when you look at, they could be, very complex switches, dimensional switches that uh, the mineral comp- compositions allow. I mean, we're just beginning to understand. I think the future is very bright when it comes to technology and sciences. I really do. I, I think we're unfolding. We're just scratching the surface of what, what this whole world is all about and, and existence. You know, quantum physicists will tell you that everything is made up of molecules and atoms, right? But what's really connecting them? What's holding them in these patterns? They're all like little solar systems, if you will. The only difference between gold and plastic and air is the molecular construct. It's all just energy. It's all just energy. And to manipulate that, if one knew, and I, I believe Tesla was cracking into that, and uh, that, that's, um, that's the golden secrets that I think are going to become unfolded. I personally think it's angels holding everything together. I really, really do. We ain't smart enough to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you had any experiences or any encounters, um, encounters or any visions of that kind of, kind of thing? Well, yeah, like I know you, you've talked about the demonic, right? And these so-called right. ETs or, oh, I or think, goblins. But what about like the beautiful and well, make you feel good type of beings as well? Yeah, I, I've actually been saved by some of them. Um, miraculous. I think we all have or we wouldn't be drawing breath. We're just so far out of touch with it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you take that model again, this is just a nice way to speak about it. They say the upper angelic realms 
hold these guys in abeyance. And I don't think the world would exist if they didn't. <clears throat> they, they, they say the guardian angel of the thrones brings us souls down into creations. And I do say that plurally. So there isn't just earth. And I think once we get done with the work that we need to do here, um, I think, like you mentioned earlier, we move on to many other worlds and many other dimensions and heavens. And uh, I mean, God would only know literally what, what, um, what those are. And I think those upper angels, thank God, literally hold these guys in abeyance. You know, we hear the stories, one of the most probably utilized magical texts is the keys of Solomon. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very dangerous. I really do not subscribe to magic. Um, and, everyone who's familiar in the Western world with the Bible will certainly know what Exodus is. Well, Exodus has 72 encrypted angel names. There's actually 72 to the good and 72 to the evil. Um, and there's many ancient texts that describe this. And you, if you permeate the three letters in the, well, there's, there's permeations of the three verses, I should say, not three letters, uh, three verses that give you the names of all these angels. Well, they're known in Hebrew as the Shem Hemaphorish. Well, that's the cornerstone of many medieval grimoires and magic. And it's very dangerous stuff because what happens is people get a hold of this stuff and they start summonsing demons and spirits. And this stuff's really real. Um, and the angels appear to protect us from that, other than maybe our karma, until we open those doors. And that's why I, I run into a lot of folks. Hey, what do you think of this? I said, stay away from it, yeah. buddy. You oh, open yeah. that, you dial that number. And and this, again, is goes right back to many Christians will remember uh, what did Christ do? He cast out legion. He did this. He did that. And this is all about spiritual depossession and spiritual cleansing. Well, if the upper angels weren't allowing that, this place would, wouldn't even exist. Yeah. Um, you know, we, all these horrible wars and things seem to, it's, it seems to be free will is allowed here. Yeah. I mean, look at the things we do to each other. We sue each other. We kill each other. We do horrible things. But on the other hand, no one looks at the beauty that's going on here. I mean, just life itself. I don't, you, you find me any educated, pompous, arrogant person, and many of them are, though a lot of them are very humble, um, who can design life. I mean, just look at, we can split genes and, and do genetics, but you find me somebody who can actually take raw substance materials out of the elemental universe and design life. Not a chance. Not a chance. I mean, They're the trying. genetics that unfold <laughs> in you, we were all little babies and that seed just grows. I mean, the doctors can tell you why you're alive and they can analyze you in the allopathic sense of what's wrong, but they sure can't create life or maintain it when it's over, when that spirit vacates the body. And I think that's all the angels. We're, we're all experiencing it all the time. We're just so blocked from it. What do you think about you talking about like you know what I'm saying being careful with magic and things like that? What about channeling? I know you help people who have gone through a lot of spiritual, crazy stuff that they've kind of opened up doors and just kind of helping them out and things like that. What about channeling? Do you think that people can become demonically possessed or uh, oppressed by opening up their mind and their spirit to letting other spirits inhabit their body and give them downloads of secret information or privy information and things like that? 
I think it's a dangerous area. Um, I know I could do that and I do not choose to do so. Um, I know I do clearings on people and um, I have seen sometimes you just can't do it until the time is right. That's where astrology is really interesting. There seems to be, um, it, 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 here's, here's an interesting thing. The, the in Vedic astrology, well, not astrology, but in the Vedantic literature. See, you got to remember Vedic astrology is only a small branch of Vedanta. It's, it's so amazing. The, the secrets that were in the ancient Vedantic texts. And many people may have heard of the Upanishads. Well, the Upanishads, they, they're, they're the major and minor Upanishads. They're kind of like scriptures. And um, there's one called the Tatriyaka where it mentions... In Sanskrit, the word graha actually means planet. And graha also means Caesar or grasper of the aura. And a lot of times the doshas that we're in, there are certain, you could say, karmic things going on. See, in Hebrew, they call it an abure. <clears throat> they say that at 13 years old, that's why uh, Judaism has the bar mitzvah, uh, bat mitzvah, um, Ritual, but that's actually not just germane to Judaism. That was actually known that that happened in Vedanta, and also knew the Tibetan lamas and many other cultures knew that at that time, different angelic forces would join the body. This is why when puberty happens, it's such a. I mean, teenagers just completely change. Any parent could admit when you watch your little children turn to teenagers, yeah. they change. They drastically change. Not only do they. Uh, go through puberty, but they also personally really change. And the, these angels um, and spirits, they're called abures. Some people call them dubuques. Some people call them different things. But there's a myriad of different things that join us throughout our lives. And I really believe the celestial angelic courts show that. And the text I was referring to earlier, the Shari HaGilgam, is all about that. It, it, it speaks about how we're all here uh, purifying and rectifying and rejoining the fragments of the soul, spirit, and psyche as we go through these incarnations. And um, <clears throat> we're, we're definitely connected from a soul root standpoint to our parents and our lineage you know, like we get our DNA tests and we say, oh, I'm from France or from, you know, wherever. Um, that's just the, the physical DNA. I'm talking about the spiritual DNA, the, the actual uh, spiritual soul root connections, which may or may not be genetically traceable. And, uh, but they're spiritually traceable. And Vedic astrology really taps into that, even though I don't think we can go too far. But you can see a lot. And I, I know when I, I try and get around channeling, I get danger. I, I, I think you're now agreeing to open up your aura and other things can jump in. Um, one of my favorite texts was um, Dr. Carl Wickland. He was a psychiatrist who uh, documented a book called 30 Years Among the Dead. And his wife was a channel. And she, like Abraham Hicks, I noticed you have her in one of your songs. I was listening to your songs. You got good music, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I was checking out your music before I got on the show. And um, I, I love that you have Abraham Hicks embedded in, you know, chanting in one of your songs. That's really awesome. And she was 
quite amazing because and still is because uh, she there's many channels like I've met uh, Daryl Anka, who is, of course, Bashar and many others. And I, I think there's some wonderful channels out there. I just personally think it's dangerous. There's some people who may be karmically set up for that. Um, but I do believe uh, doc, like Dr. Carl Wicklin's wife, after 30 years of taking in disincarnate souls and allowing them to give their, um, you know, messages and, and various different things. I would recommend anybody read that book. It's called 30 Years Among the Dead by Dr. Carl Wicklin. It is a psychiatrist's absolute documentation, in my opinion, of all these people, disincarnate souls, and their stories are astounding. Um, and, and by the way, Dr. Wicklin was the head of the Los Angeles County Mental Institution from, I think, 1918 or 1920 up until the uh, late 30s or 40s. Uh, it might even have been later than that. And uh, he was really here during the birth of Hollywood. And he had many stars show up and, and warn people, uh, don't get into drugs, stay away from alcohol. All these different people would come through his wife channeling. Well, in the very end, she ended up possessed and, mm. and insane and they, and they couldn't cure her. So even though I think a lot of people get some benefit and, and validation of um, the other worlds. It's, it's a dangerous place to be, you know, and I have great respect for those who can do it um, and not get possessed. Let's yeah. put it that way. I think, I think there's, I think there's, there's a lot going on too than, than just, you know, I'm opening up my mind to these other spirits. I think that a lot of people I actually put together a little documentary that I did where like, it almost seems that, a lot of these this information that these some of these channel channelers are getting is already <laughs> within them like they are all, like it's a it's a part of their psyche that they're not confident in sharing but as you have the scapegoat as bashar bashar will tell you like it is i'm i'm a little i'm i'm you know kind of withdrawn i'm not confident but as I step into this persona, this character that I've created, I can I can freely receive information and parts of things that I believe and things like that. But even even in you going into some type of a trance state like that, you're able to kind of even begin to flow and, and stuff just kind of moves like in that flow state as well. So I think there's a lot of people doing that and calling it channeling other entities, but it's they're kind of using that entity uh, as a scapegoat, uh, as a mask, if you will. Mm -mm. Well, yeah, I've seen that too. Um, I think we're all so divinely unique. Every one of us has skill sets that someone else doesn't have. And, you know, I think one of the things that is so important today more than ever with AI coming in and technology, and I think this world we're seeing, the suppression of our own individualities and the suppression of our own consciousness is the danger because you're unique in, in your unique ways. Everyone else is unique in their unique ways. And we're all here for a special reason. And I think the more we honor that and respect that in each one of us, because there are some people I've met who do channeling, they're astounding. They're astounding. And... Um, 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, I, I have my skill sets and I have my limitations. We all do. And I, I think um, one of the things I like doing in readings to people is pointing out certain things. There's angels that are on the degree rising and there's angels that rule every single degree of the sidereal and lunar mansions. It's very complex, but these have great insights to show someone where their skills might lie that they didn't even realize that they had. You know, one of the things I like about America is you can be anything you want. I mean, nobody's telling you you can't do something. And, you know, one of the things that kind of bothers me right now is, you know, we, we need to, to maintain that freedom in this country to where, not to get political or anything, but um, as long as we can always maintain that people have a right, no matter what their race, what their creed, what their color, doesn't matter. We're all just souls having a physical experience. And I think we're going to find as time goes on, we're all just going to integrate. And I think if we become more aware that we are spiritual beings having this physical experience, the more we can stop looking at education and uh, all these very lower level programming things. Not that education is bad because I think education is wonderful, but I also think it limits true innate spiritual talents. We're all born with and have that, um, you know, could be cultivated and uh, that's where astrology really can shine is seeing that, you know, seeing that, seeing your path mm. or being more open to the possibilities of your path. That's awesome. Really good. Well, Jeff, if somebody wanted to book a session with you, wanted to check out more uh, of your work, where would be a good place for them to go? Uh, Jeff at JeffHarman.com. That's H-A-R-M-A-N.com. Jeff at JeffHarman.com. And um, email is always the best. My my wife, Camille, is amazing with people, and she, she handles all the scheduling, which is wonderful. But I, I, it's funny, you know, one last thing I'd like to say. I've always you know, had a diverse set of talents. I've always worked in film and, and music and audio. And I used to do for, forensics work. I used to go into maximum security prisons and pri prisoners. And it's so, I've been so blessed to see this wide verse, the diversity of, of life. And I always wondered, and that's where astrology always kept with me. I'm like, why does this one poor individual end up, you know, in this situation and another one end up in that one, another one in this one. And when you start looking at astrology, not as us, but as a lesson, we all are here to learn in a very divine way. It, it starts making more sense. And I think the most powerful thing in the universe is reaction. 
there's one thing they will never control, and that is your ability to react to things. You know, the way we respond to a given situation is everything. You know, it really is. It's, it's our ability to respond in the appropriate ways that, that help us a lot. I agree. I think free will is one of the most holy and precious things that we have. And uh, again, mentioning those other entities, they, they don't really have it. They're kind of <clears throat> created to carry out jobs and, and things like that. And, uh, and, and they can't go outside of that. And so I think, I think a lot of them are jealous of, of uh, and when they do, they step out of the, you know, the, um, the order of things, if you will. And then they get punished and there's punishments for them as well. And, and just like us, when we step out of our, um, uh, duties and jobs and our uh, push our limitations to different realms or whether you talk about some of this dark magic and trying to create bonds and get secret information from demons or jinn or something like that mm. you know mm. we, we fall into to trouble many times as well so just Very that whole hierarchy stuff. and order I'm uh I'm intrigued with it and I've, I've experienced and encountered a bunch just like you and uh, it seems mm. like you uh you, you have a a, a a soft spot for the um um Kabbalistic way way of thinking is that is that a safe place uh, place to to uh, to study? Well, I, I would say of a a soft spot for both the Vedantic and the Kabbalistic and Egyptian and Chaldean. The the reason why is because um, it's a system that is more cohesive. You you can relate to it. I only use those diagrams because. It is a, is a really cohesive way to look at something that's so vast and so it incomprehensible. <laughs> I mean, when you start talking about the possibility of 49 parallel universes, 49 subdimensions within each one, I mean, that's mind boggling. And the same thing when you look at the astral worlds. And it's, it's very interesting because a lot of very rational psychiatrists, uh, Dr. Edith Fiore, if anyone wants to read a wonderful book, it's called The Unquiet Dead by Dr. Edith Fiore. You may have heard of it. Um, Dr. Um, Louise Fry, who just passed away in her 90s, wonderful lady, was a medical doctor who got sick and tired of medicating and doing surgeries and said, there's something else going on here. She became a hypnotherapist. She started doing regressions and finding out that people were actually possessing other people and uh what and the reason i lean most towards the vedantic and kabbalistic and tibetan stuff is because they it's so old and it's so structured that you can talk about vast things like this in in easier ways and it also nowhere can you come up with the and this will blow your hair back the exceedingly complex numerological web of angelic forces and, and things that intertie with the Western Bible than you can in the Aramaic and Hebrew uh, ciphers. A lot of people don't know the Psalms was originally called Tehillim, which still is in, in Judaism and in Hebrew, but the Shemush Tehillim, predates the Bible as we know it. Um, the, the, um, some of the Psalms can date back to 1500 BC. Let's do the math here, folks. That's almost 4,000 years ago. That's 3,500 years ago. And, and, and they don't know, but that's the best guess from many scholars. 
And there are secrets embedded in that where you can use ciphers. And many people are familiar with this. They're called the, uh, well, there's many types of ciphers, but the most common ones used where, where you rearrange, you, you like an atbash is one that's used the most. That's alif, tav, bet, and shin, where you literally order the Hebrew alphabet and that, and you pass a verse or scripture through that. You will come up with an angelic name or a numerological equivalent to that. And now when you get back to ancient astrology and you forget about Pisces and Aries and all this airy fairy stuff, you start seeing, oh my God, there was a matrix that your soul came in on. That's pretty mind boggling. And, um, it, and it ties into these ancient texts, particularly in the rabbinical texts where the pouch of the slingshot is the astral world souls dwell in until they're reincarnated or until they purify and move on. They, and Saturn seems to be the escape from Alcatraz planet. And, and what's interesting, many ufologists say, well, we see all these crafts coming in and out of there. Well, there's something coming in and out of there. I can tell you that I've seen it. And whatever it is, um, it certainly seems to be a very divine place here where a lot of pain, a lot of love and all points in between go on to purify and rectify the soul. And um, I think the ancient rabbinical texts, there's a, a library that was found in the 1700s that was over 2000 years old. It was known as the Cairo Gensia uh, synagogue in Egypt. Blow your hair back Blow. I, I mean, I've been, pilfering through those things forever. And I mean, oh my God, talk about journey of the souls. It is, uh, and, and Rome will not look at it. They, they, they throw everything in the bottom of the Vatican and you're all sinners and you're all going to hell, you know? So, I mean, it, it's and not that I think Christianity is the problem. I just think some of the forefathers threw out critical yeah. documents that, you know, blow your hair back. Oh yeah. Have you heard of um, the recognitions of Clement? Have you heard of that writing? No, I have not. That's uh, interesting. What is yeah, that? It's, it's re it, yeah, really interesting. There's some really cool parts in there that talk about uh, how demons get access to a person's body through the digestive system and gorging oneself on ah. meat and things like that and, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, and yeah. wine and stuff. And so there's some really intricate stuff in there. I think he was a disciple of Peter and uh, Barnabas, uh, yeah, yeah. as it were. I, have, so, well, I, I know where he got that stuff. I can tell you that if, yeah. if you uh, crack into the, um, the older texts, which is the, again, Sharia Gilgam, the Nefes Hasitzim, is where a lot of these Christian writers had gotten that stuff. And they're right. They're absolutely right. You can get that from plants. This is where blessing of food came from. See, in the Shari HaGilgum, it talks about how evil souls will be possibly incarnated. This will blow your hair back. In the mineral kingdom, the animal kingdom, or the plant kingdom, wow. or the human kingdom. Um, there are stories that are mind-boggling where a person will actually get incarnated in some inanimate object in their consciousness or in a leaf and they'll blow. And this stuff sounds incredible. Like how could you possibly put the consciousness of a human being into something like that? And then when that leaf dies, that, that is over with. I just, I'll tell you a quick story that just happened to me. That is really amazing. My son went into an animal shelter about, Oh, what was it? Um, probably 15, 14 years ago. And this beautiful little kitty was going to be killed. And, 
he just looked at it and said, oh, my God, mom and daddy says, can I take it home? They're going to kill it. And I, I said, sure. So bring her home. And we named her Katie. Right. And that was a very unusual cat. And we always kept her in the house. And just the last few years here in California, we started letting her out. And I said, I, I'm worried about this cat. She's domesticated. Something's going to get her because we get a lot of coyotes where we live. And I was petting her on the couch about a year ago. And she looked up at me and I looked into her aura and I saw this tortured soul inside of her and I'm petting her. And I went, Oh my God, someone's in you. I could see this soul, this, this human soul. I could see it. And I actually saw the eyes in through her and I know what I saw. And I just had such a change. And I thought, wow, what a tortured soul inside of her. And then she would be outside. Well, just about a week ago, our dog got sick and she, uh, she had diarrhea and very gross. Anyways, we had to clean it up in the bedroom because she sleeps in the bedroom with us. And outside, I heard Katie, the cat, making these wild sounds. And I let the dog out and our dog started barking like crazy. And I knew something's not right here. Something really, the energy felt really kind of demonic and strange. And I saw Katie flying through the air and she grabs onto this tree and then uh, the dog was barking. It was very weird energy. And I, I know that's like demonic energy. I could tell. And that was the last time we ever saw Katie. And I then saw a coyote right underneath the tree outside the fence. And I think she came down and it got her and she's gone. And I, I actually looked at a chart. The cat's gone. And I think that soul was released. Now, that sounds crazy, but if you look at some of the ancient Egyptian, Tibetan, Vedantic, and rabbinical texts, they'll talk about how cats have a very interesting parallel of imbuing souls at times. That's why cats have always been said. They're mysterious. They're, they're very strange. And I know Katie, and we miss her so much because I know she was killed. And I heard it. I, I heard, and I couldn't get to her because it was outside the fence. I heard it. And it was, thank God she died quickly. But uh, death, they actually say, is a purification. And, you know, to those who want to end their lives early, I would say do not do that because God has a plan for when we are to vacate this body. And I think um, it's very important that we live out our lives and, and, uh, and, and get this releasement because a lot of evil souls, you know, they may escape the courts of human beings, but from what I see in astrology, um, we're not going to escape the divine court. They actually yeah. say angels beat the heck out of us when we lie in front of the celestial court when we're brought there. And uh, food is to be blessed to release souls. They say in salads and, and, and uh, meats or whatever else your diet is, you're supposed to bless the, the food to release any spiritual energy that's on it so it doesn't come in you. So you're not only thanking God for the food, but you're, you're blessing it to, uh, to release any energies on it. And there, there's, you say I like the uh, Kabbalistic stuff, and I'll tell you why. There are rabbinical texts that I have. They're called unifications and purifications, where you can actually unify fragments of your soul through certain very deep numerological prayers and permutations. And then there's also uh, what they call unifications, where you can unify with certain angelic forces and, and saints. Uh, very fascinating stuff. We could yeah. talk about that. 
Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, there's so much to talk about, and I think there's, you know, I think we have a lot of pieces of truth, you know. <laughs> that I think it's enough for us to, you know, that, that actually leads us into discovery, to ask the questions yeah. or to try things. I mean, I can't tell you. I mean, I, I know it sounds crazy, but trying to communicate with my animals as well, like, hey, are you a person? Just want to know, like, if you, did, are you you know cognitive do you remember english like you know all of these things and then even like i had one dog who uh man she was the cutest little um puppy and uh we uh uh, she had a she was vicious though cutest little dog but vicious i mean she would just attack other animals her name was casey Mm -hmm. and we called her katie that's interesting you said oh wow um but i I remember like because she had this anger that she would just attack man um, and I remember burning sage around her and she like, she did not like it. Like she would panic, but the other dogs would be okay. But I yeah. would hold the sage close to her and try to like pray over her or see if there was a demon that needed to come out. Cause she was fish mm. the cutest little animal. And, um, but yeah, it just, you know, makes you ask, uh, the bigger questions and just to try it. Like you never know, you feel silly doing it, you know, but what if, you know, I think like Jesus, like spinning in the ground and making the mud and putting it in somebody's eyes, like seems silly, mm. right? If one of our friends mm. did that, but what if the person gets healed after he does it? Like, hold on, there's some kind of alchemy. Sure. He knew something. There was some kind of connection with his faith with that mud or something was going on that he understood. And so if you don't try it, if you don't step out after having these experiences, whether it's the UFO or uh, ghost or ancestors or anything like that. It'll just be something that's fleeting. But I think it goes to show uh, someone like yourself, someone like me and many others who I would say have, have been privileged to have many experiences uh, versus some people who've, mm. who haven't had any in their entire life. At least they're not cognitive of it. But mm. how can some people not have any? And then we go on to have like um, every day is a magical experience and expectancy of entities and angels and aliens and ufos and those things and so i think that just taking that step out you know to to say hello or to try to find that um repeatability if you will with the uh the 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 different realms that we're in contact with throughout the day yeah i think we all have them i think it's just a matter of being open to them you know i mentioned dr carl wickland he absolutely did not believe in anything spiritual. Here's a dyed-in-the-wool psychiatrist. You know, in order to be a psychiatrist, you first have to be a medical doctor. And then after he became a medical doctor, he went, you know, into psychiatry. And uh, during his internship, he said they were doing uh, dissection on cadavers. And there was all kinds of paranormal things, like, like papers would blow, you hear voices of the person's uh, spirit that was next to the body they were working on. And he just poo-pooed, he that, that stuff's nonsense, right? And so Dr. Carl Wickland moved to Los Angeles. I think this is 1918, don't quote me, it's in the book. And as and talk about psychics and, spirit, and, and channels, as fate would have it, he went to a party and met this beautiful woman, became smitten with her and wanted to marry her. Right. Well, here's a guy who didn't believe in anything spiritual, nothing out of, out of the norm. And what is she? She's a channel. <laughs> She's a spiritual psychic channel. And um, apparently because of his love for her and he respected you know, that she was very intelligent. He later undertook 
a very detailed scientific analysis as to whether she was crazy or not. And this is all in the book. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. So if I'm not 100 percent accurate, anyone could get the book and read it. Um, and the, the story was he had and you got to remember, this is the late teens, early 20s. This is before recording. You know, this is back, you know, when you had the dictaphone you know, just coming in from Thomas Edison. You know, so he I, apparently he had someone taking shorthand or something. Um, it's in the book. And what happened was his wife took in a spirit who looked at Dr. Carl Wicklin. And by the way, I didn't mention this. Dr. Carl Wicklin is the guy who popularized shock therapy treatment, which is being used to this day. Some hideous stuff, right? Why do they use shock therapy treatment? Well, when people get schizophrenic or they get multiple personality disorder, they're, when they shock them, it somehow changes it. Well, here's why. It drives out the possessing entity. And Oftentimes, they are disincarnate souls rather than demonics, and which we would call dead people or ghosts, right? Well, so here's, here's the, the, the way this all came about, this book. Dr. Carl Wicklin is listening, and this person in his wife's body said, you're the one who's been shocking me with that body. And he says, well, what do you mean? And the person says, well, don't you remember? You, you came at me with these probes, and you were hitting me with this lightning. And then the person began to describe in grave detail all the things that went wrong. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess something really went wrong and things were knocked over and the person went crazy. And he said, there's no way you could know this, all these details. And what I said to you, unless you were there. And the person says, well, of course I was there. And he says, by any chance, do you wear a wedding ring and a dress? And he looked down and he said, no. He says, but oh my God, you're right. I'm controlling someone who has a wedding ring and a dress. He says, well, apparently you're dead as people know it. And you're possessing my wife's body. And the guy said, well, that makes sense because nobody listens to me anymore. And I get, apparently he was owned a drugstore and all his employees couldn't hear him anymore because he was a ghost. He was literally running around trying to talk to people. A lot of folks don't even know they're dead from many of these reports. And I find the same thing when I do clearing on properties and people. A lot of these, I've seen literally people from 400 years ago still dwelling on properties that they don't even know they're dead. They're guarding the place. You know, they're just in their own psychonoetic dimension, if you will. Um, if anybody wants to read about some of this stuff, one of my favorite books, have you ever heard of the Magus of Strovolos? I have not. It's an amazing text. Uh, he's a Christian mystic who lived on the island of Cyprus. Um, he lived in the city of Strovolos. And I encourage anyone to read that book. If anyone wants to question whether or not we're spiritual beings having a physical experience, that book will blow your hair back. Um, the truths in that will blow your hair back. It's one of my favorite texts to recommend. He's now gone. He died in 2001, but um, his work is carried on by many, uh, but he was amazing. And he, back to Dr. Carl Wicklin, he talked about how um, the person in his wife's body, you know, no one could hear him. 
And he then saw his mother who had died like 40, 50 years earlier. And he said, oh, my God, there's my mom. And so he, in dialogue, the doctor got this disincarnate soul to leave his wife's body and go off into the light. And here's what's the clincher. The patient in the psych, psychiatric ward in Los Angeles cleared up 100%. No more multiple personality disorder, no more psychotic reactions. And he ended up discharging her a very short time afterwards. And that was the beginning of 30 years of, of research among disincarnate souls through his wife channeling. And I, I encourage anyone to read that because it is a, an amazingly well-written text that uh, went out of print, I think, in the 70s. Um, and now it's back in print. It's, uh, I, I, I've talked to many psychiatrists. I have a lot of clients who are in psychiatry and psychology in prisons. And we, we discuss things in Vedic astrology and other types about cycles and why certain souls are doing what they're doing. And it's very fascinating stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm into, um, you know, I, I have, approach it from the, the uh christian mystic or hebraic perspective as well and so mm. when i first started out i got into uh summoning spirits and uh all types of different magic i was combining a bunch and uh ended up getting possessed if you will and you uh, almost, almost lost my mind and things like that and this was back in that's what happens that i ended up coming back home and like crying out to god for help and it was through church and prayer and Jesus and things like that, that I was able to find solace. And so there's a right way and a wrong way to, to, to uh, dance with the other realms. I think we're, I think we are dancing with them, whether we know it or not. Right. Some people are just victims and other people are victors when it comes to it. I think it comes down sure. to whether you know it or not uh, it plays a big role. So then you can learn maybe some of the rules of engagement, astrology, right? Some of the ancient texts and demons and how they operate angels, all of that. Mm. So that's where it comes in for me and, and many other people who are intrigued, but there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. And possession is very real, you know, and so, very real. Um, oh, that's an interesting try, background you've got there. Trying to help people navigate through this. Like you don't want to just do mm -hmm. the Christian uh, approach and just say, don't mess with anything at all. It's all demonic. Stay away from it. Cause it's not like it's our birthright. We are these spiritual beings. And, but it's about, mm. You know, I don't want to stifle exploration, but we have to use precaution and things as well. Well, that's an interesting topic you bring up there because um, I, I was exposed to some really rural folks um, back in the 80s. And I was warned angelically not to get involved with it. And they were approaching me. We've all been around these cults, these different things. Um, and I also was working, and I don't want to mention any names or sects or religions that I've studied and been around, and I've always been warned, stay at a distance, look from the distance, don't get in there, um, but, but look and see. And I, I always like prying the lid back and looking in and, and studying some of their documents and texts, but not getting engaged. Um, one of the things that is exceedingly dangerous like a nokian magic uh the keys of solomon the lesser greater keys all these the golden dawn golden dawn everyone knows about um of course as we know the golden dawn was really created by 
A.E. Waite and Mathers and I think one other individual finding a bunch of books in a bookstall in London. That's how the Golden Dawn came about in the 1800s. And everybody thinks, oh, they were all these great mystics. Well, they might have been, but they stumbled onto these documents and texts, which interestingly enough, was from a lady out of Germany. Now, go back to Hitler, go back to Germany and all the occult stuff that's gone on there. Germany's a very interesting little place. I mean, it's created two world wars, but occult-wise, let's take Luther. Let's just take the Christian religion. Do you ever hear of the city of worms in, in Germany? It's an amazing little city. That's where Luther was tried for heresy there. The Romans sent a brigade of Roman soldiers and killed every man, woman, and child by the sword, take them out, because they believed that Jesus was the son of God rather than God. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. some pretty harsh treatment there. Yeah, yeah. So and when we look at the dogma that has been in, inflicted upon different societies, I mean, the same thing happened in Spain with the expulsion of the Jews with the whole you know, thing. So we look back in history, this is strong arm stuff, just like we're seeing now, this strong arming on political sides. And I don't want to get into politics and who's right and who's wrong. But this is the astrology showing this right now, that we are at a critical crisis point of change um, in many of the dogmas in society. And this is why we're seeing this clash here between uh, many different factions around the world, not just in the United States. And um, what's fascinating is Germany was so full of occult stuff that um, in magic. See, one of my favorite guys was Rabbi Maharil. He lived in the 13, uh, no, 1400s. And many people will know him by the text, The Sacred Magic of Abramel and the Mage. You, I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very, very fascinating text. But um, th those texts are, are astounding. And this is all about getting your guardian angel to come to you. And, uh, you know, this, this is deep, deep stuff. Very dangerous stuff um, when people go down these paths. And um, thank God, literally, we are protected by the angelic forces. So we wouldn't be drawing breath. Nothing would exist. Yeah, it's almost what 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 I found is that the, these entities, uh, you know, they will exchange information and power and things like that, renown, um, but in, in exchange for something, right? There's always something that you have to pay, right? It's a whether it's a blood covenant, a blood sacrifice, or something. And that stuff stay away from. Or even like a trinket, like I just I wear this ring because not so now that entity has a uh, physical representation in the physical world uh, be through you, but. What I've seen for the most part is they want to live within your psyche. They want to live within the mind. And so causing they want to suck off your energy, things like that. So it never it never ends well, especially when there's a clean never way to well. do it, like to, to receive higher information, beautiful, clean information. Right. I, I do think that that's possible as well from the angelic, from the uh, oh, yeah. of not having to, you know, deal with the lower level entities, which are so easily accessible. It seems like it seems like that you have to have a lifestyle of things that you can and cannot do to access the higher realms, whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, debauchery, murder, uh, drunkenness and things like that, that are mm -hmm. all attached to the lower level entities and things. Yeah, and they do. They influence a lot of this. I've had that discussion with psychiatrists in prisons where, you know, we've literally said, you know, 
there's possession going on here. And, you know, they can't enter that into the secular left brain world of psychiatry. Yeah. You, know, you can't put in a report while well, we think this person. <laughs> but but uh, I mean, Charles Manson was a perfect example. I, I, I actually I knew one of the federal agents that had worked on that. He was quite old. And um, in fact, I, I met him up in Mojave motorcycling here about five years ago uh, or no Pismo beach. And he, uh, he was saying, he said, Jeff, I've been in that cell. He said, that dude is possessed. He said there, you can feel it. And this is the danger of the occult. Um, and this is where I think a lot of religions are correct that if you stick to God and I really believe one central thing, there is one God, you know, and all of the rest is subservient angelic forces. And the story of the demonic, fall really seems to be true. And it seems to be that our souls got intertwined with portions and fragments of this. And that's the purpose of earth is to repurify that. You know, there's many theories and this is so, so deep stuff. I don't claim and no one I've ever heard has had the direct answer. But my theory at this point is that this particular three-dimensional five sense reality, even though it's many more dimensions than three, um, is a place where we get to come experience the egoic sense of free will and then come back. There's an ancient story that I love uh, where the angels, the upper angels and the thrones were talking to God and they said, what the heck did you, why do you support these humans? You know, that's all they do. They go down there, they kill each other. They don't believe in creation. They don't even know we exist. They're, they're just horrible. And why, why do you, why do you support this? And God said, yes, but they come back. They come back. They come back with the experience of what evil is and what the other side is, and they become more holy because of it. Now, some souls get lost. Uh, they actually say a lot of souls, that is the prize of a demon, is to get a soul to go into deep magic sacrifices, and you can actually lose the soul. You know, one of my favorite little texts, anybody can read this, it's called The Screwtape Letters by the wonderful writer uh, C.S. Lewis, who wrote, you know, Narnia. And C.S. Lewis was really into astrology and um, in, in, in the right way. He, he looked at it for what it, what it is. It's just the path of the soul. And um, <clears throat> in The Screwtape Letters, there's a great story about this little demon uncle. One of my human subjects has just joined a religion and I don't know what to do. We could lose him to the enemy. I don't worry about a thing. My friend, we've taken good care of the religions. We've neutered it all. We've possessed those that were in control and all these little books that someone come bustling up is really about us, but nobody can really figure out anymore. And so don't worry about the religions. They all sit in the pews and notice how they're hypocritical on, you know, the rest of the week, and then they come in and act all holy and thou on Sunday, and yet treat each other like crap the rest of the week. So it's a really, it's a book written in satire. But what I love is the opening. He says, I cannot tell you where this book came from. I cannot tell you if it's fact or fiction. Just read the book and understand where it goes. And uh, I always, I always enjoyed that book. It's a, it's a great book. There's a, there's a Christian writing, um, and I, I'm pretty pretty sure it came from that i don't know if you've ever read it though but it's a it's a book called um the final quest by rick joiner have you heard of that i've heard of it but i have not read it very similar. so many books out yeah, there yeah yeah very similar with the uh looking at the demonic hordes and how they interact with humanity but it's written as a uh um just a work of just um analogy and metaphor of the spirit world and how it's happening, but he—I'm pretty sure it was a—I wouldn't say a ripoff, but it was definitely influenced by 
by the screw tape uh, letters. And yeah. I still haven't read that. I need to read that. That's what I'm doing here. Get, get the Magus of Shrivelos. You you will absolutely adore that book. It's it is everybody a, a, mentions such it, an amazing book. And um I don't know yeah. why I haven't read it yet. So I'm gonna yeah. get it probably right when we get off of here. That's one yeah, thing that, that you've great. definitely uh, blessed us with on this is a lot of different reference points and I'm writing down some for myself, some of these different Kabbalistic texts to check out and stuff as well. That's what a yeah, lot of people get stuff. a gem of <clears throat> something that resonated with them through something that you said, especially when we cover so many topics like we do on here. Um, something that they're like, hey, what is that book? Let me check that out or let me check out astrology yeah. or Vedic astrology. I mean, how many people don't that are listening didn't even know that that was an actual thing? We like Most of us just think that there's only one form of astrology. Stay away from oh, it yeah. and that's it. You know, there's versus so many there's all types of different astrologies and levels and all of that stuff too. So yeah, yeah. so much to choose from. Again, man, I, hey, I, I really enjoyed this. Anytime you want to hang out with me, man, uh, I'm open right. to it. And uh, I'll send you yeah. a copy of this when it well, goes live. Well, you're, you're a good stuff, soul. So. I can see that. No, no question about that. Um, Enjoy it. And I, I think it's great you're doing the work you're doing. I mean, and I think, I think your message, I love your story about how you played with magic and you got possessed. Every single, every single client. And I've had clients who've been in some really dark places. Um, in Vedic astrology, I'll blow your hair back. I, I'll never forget. Well, I don't want to mention too much on air, but I had one client come in, two, two in particular. I said, oh, my God. I said, what happened to you right at this time? Tears would pour. You wouldn't believe it. I said, try me. I might. Now, how would I know that? Okay, it's not my genius. It's the Vedic astrology. And it takes years to learn this. But this person was in a horrible, horrible dasha with horrible aspects. So this God isn't sitting in the sky making you or me tall or short or fat and uh, intelligent, you know, whatever, loving or hateful. It's our souls that do it. And the astrology mirrors that. Well, this person was actually involved in a satanic sacrifice. And I saw it in the chart and the tears were pouring. She was actually impregnated and she had the child and was forced to sacrifice it. Um, I've seen this now two or three times. Now, this stuff is hideous. But when you speak about demons and magic and, and the dangers of this, this is where this stuff goes. And people have to know this. Word. And all these stories that we hear on the Internet about, you know, the, the Pizzagate and all this stuff. I hate to say it. And I, I wish I were wrong, but I think it's true. And this is the hideous dark paths that happen when people play around with magic and just like yourself you whatever your belief in god is it can save you and i i urge people to not go down that path i have had so many clients who there's prayers that i give out in readings when i see these yogas to help people not only purify their own karmic journey but their families. And I'm not just talking mom and dad and grandpa and grandma. I'm talking about your family of soul lineage, which is really sacred stuff. And it involves uh, a lot of the secrets in the scriptures and the Psalms. Uh, and, and it's, it's true. The, the, uh, you mentioned the Christ uh, energies. I mean, if we could ever get to the bottom of what really happened there, I mean, that's why I urge you to read the Magus of Strobilos. You'll see just how mystical and sacredly magic this stuff is wow. and true sacred, holy magic. Yeah. Yeah. They were some deep individuals. Um, 
Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, like they all learned from the mystics of old and like they were into oh. some deep stuff. Like they, I think they really understood. And so a lot of the people that, you know, I'm yeah. influenced by some of the Jordan Maxwell's or the Michael yeah. Tessarians and those kind of guys, they're definitely yep. influenced by the Tolkien's and the C.S. Lewis's and those guys. So sure. they were sure, onto sure. some stuff, man, especially, you know, but being able to tell it in a story like that, like. If you was just to tell, like, sit down and, hey, we're being attacked by demons right now. Like, it was, people are going to think you're crazy, but then you put it in a movie. You're talking about the technology and what we have right now. And it, it would be hard for us to fathom. Mm -hmm. Just watch Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Just watch Star sure. Wars. And we, you know what I'm saying? So we, we <laughs> have that stuff, that technology. Even them, like, c communing with the dead in Star Wars, that was a big one for me. Like, uh, there was a part, and I forgot what episode it was, but at the end, Yoda was going to teach, um, uh, who was this, uh, the disciple of Qui-Gon? Who was it? Um, Obi-Wan. Mm, right, Obi-Wan, right. They're sure. walking off into the sunset, and he's like, come with me. I got to show you some stuff. I want to show you how to commune with your master who is, who's gone on mm. to the other side. He's like, Qui-Gon? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And so, like... Yeah, 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 that's something that was practiced all throughout religion, and I'm even finding things in the in the scriptures in the New Testament where Jesus did similar things with his masters and stuff of things that were echoed, and it's in our art and literature. Obviously, it's not in religion anymore; that's heresy to speak of that in the in the churches now. But it's within the movies, and it's within a lot of these ancient texts, like you're talking about. Sure, sure. Um, I have a client; he wrote a book. Um, that is uh, the missing years of Christ that they believe could possibly have been in, in India and uh, paralleling. That's why the Magus of Strobos you'll find so interesting um, <clears throat> to people who read it. He's nicknamed Daskalos. Daskalos just means Greece. It's the Grecian name for teacher. And he is, when you read Daskalos, he's a Christian mystic, clearly, but he also speaks with great reverence to all the other religions. And he said a term that I believe is very correct. He said, trying to figure out God is like trying to figure out a multifaceted diamond. You won't, you, you will not. In fact, the more I learn about all this stuff, the more humble I get. Yeah. And the more I realize that we're with these things called gray matter, you will never figure it out from an intellectually deductive reasoning standpoint. You will never figure it all out from a spiritual one. You can receive how divine and vast it is. And wisdom is much different than logic. You know, logic, we're all trained to get a job and get a degree and follow all the rules, which is all great. But wisdom is another portion of the psyche and the consciousness that is much, much different than, than deductive reasoning and logic. And um, <clears throat> I think that's, again, what many of the ancients particularly in Tibet and, and India, talked about moksha. Moksha was enlightenment. Um, this is maybe many of the references that we see in rabbinical texts and in Christian texts is the worlds beyond is, is where we commune and know where the higher self is much broader than the lower intellectual mind will ever be. We, we, we can never, never go there in an intellectual sense. It, it always ends up in ego and it will always end up in some logical deduction of what it is, what does it mean? And, you know, all, all of us are seeking the truth. And, and I, I think um, when we look at it from that viewpoint, it's, it's a much safer place to go. 
Yeah, I like how you mentioned the diamond. I got a good friend of mine. He all every time we do a live with him, he pulls out the diamond. He's got this deep uh, breakdown mm-hmm. of how we're all facets of that diamond and the color and the shape and the reflection, and we can't see the other side um, yeah. unless we go to that perspective. But then we're missing all the other sides, and so I think the diamond is definitely a, a beautiful perspective of um, our individuality and our own perspective of the one. Like we're all still part of that diamond but with these different reflections. And so is your religion. So so is your experience or your faith or whatever the mm-hmm. case is. Especially you're never gonna you're never gonna get to the bottom of it, like you said, but I think that I think that the bottom of it is love though, is universal love. I think that's like that's the worldview of responding with love, of answering with love <clears throat> to everything, to all to the people that wronged you, to to your God, to your former self, to your childhood, to the trauma. Um, embracing the future with love and expectancy and childlike faith. So I think that that that's at least some of the rules of engagement. And once you understand that love is what leads you and gives you grace to look into some of the deeper truths and mysteries and uh, and not to look down on anything or, or anyone else because that's their perspective or story. I think that uh, I think that opens you up to have more beautiful encounters. Yeah, stoicism comes to mind. You know, a lot of the really deep, sacred places, I don't care if you're talking about the monks or the Tibetans or the Egyptians or the, you know, certain classes, they, they certain groups, they, they would talk about stoicism where, <clears throat> you know, when you negate the ego to where you're not so reactive. Um, like if, if you ask someone, well, how do you feel when someone hates you and calls you names and is mean to you? Uh, well, nobody likes that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel when someone praises you and tells you you're just so wonderful? Well, everybody loves that one, right? Pets the ego. But stop for a second and just think like an airline you know, pilot, if you were 50,000 feet above watching all of this and you kind of raise your consciousness in that vibration and you say, well, okay, someone hates you, someone loves you. What does that really mean? That's their opinion of their egoic sense of self at that time. And not that we should all run around and be zombies and not be emotional because emotions are magical and they're wonderful and we have a right to that. But I think when we, we stop becoming so engaged in our egoic sense of self, we bind with the upper levels of the soul. And that's what they're speaking about. And um, see, we, if you read the Magus of Strobilos, one of the most important things is elementals. The third eye chakra, we look at people when we look at them. But what we're really doing is projecting out of the third eye etheric energy. Those are literally thought form energies. If you've ever seen Dr. Emoto's work, you know, the Japanese scientist who messages in water. I've done right? it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So what did he do? He had people pray over water and take a Petri disc and he would, uh, you know, freeze it. And to the skeptics, I say, well, how could he have come up with so many? So diverse. All sacred thoughts had varying shapes of sacred geometry. Worry, anger, fear, discord always looks like gobbledygook. And, you know, just for anybody who hasn't seen, let me just take a second. I actually have a picture of a couple of his things that I love to show people. Um, You'll see here. This is it right bing bong there. So again, here's an example. And for anybody's interested, get, you know, messages in water. Well, what am I talking about here? Well, we emit out of our third eye chakra elementals known as etheric energy. Do you ever notice when someone's really, really mad? That's what they call the evil eye, right? You're projecting very angry elementals at someone, even though you don't know it. 
in fact, our auric field, um, this is a, a whole subject called physiognomy in the medieval times, which is, you know, you look at a person, you can see what they're like. You, 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 you can detect right away before they open their mouths a lot of what they're like, <laughs> um, though sometimes we can be wrong. You can't always judge a book by its cover. But uh, in general, you can see that they're stressed or they're, they've lived a life of bliss or happiness or stress or an anger. It shows up. I mean, you can see it on people that are heavy drinkers and smokers, especially. Not only is it the physical, but it's also the energy that they've permeated. So th- what's so fascinating <clears throat> is that um, when I go into this, it's it's basically um, we project what our lower egoic self uh, believes. <clears throat> and this is why the conscious mind is such a powerful tool. And I think the more we realize that, the more we can direct it to healthier ways of being conscious. You know what I'm saying? No. The Magus of Strovelos is a wonderful book. And those elementals, there's an old saying, stiff-necked in this world, you will be in the next. <clears throat> it's amazing how much we take with us through these incarnations what we believe. Belief is a very interesting word. You know, we, we tend to believe what we believe based on deductive reasoning. But that's not truth. Or that's not true wisdom. You know? What do you think about... Um... Blavatsky's work on the elementals or just her work in general. But I think, I think the elemental stuff is really interesting that she brought to the table. Yeah. Blavatsky went that whole, whole movement started the spiritualist movement in the 1800s, excuse me. And she went over to India. Uh, I think a lot of her work was regurgitated from what she picked up from many of the yogis. There's a lot of truth to it, but I also, um, Blavatsky's work, I have it all. Uh, it it kind of left me a little cold. Uh, it's like it, it, there was too much ego in it. And she actually came back, believe it or not, Dr. Carl Wickland channeled her with his wife. She came back and she admitted a lot of what uh, was given out was accurate, but it was regurgitated that, that she, she felt that it, there was too much ego in it. And uh, but there are a lot of truths. I mean, what's great about Blavatsky's work is it's something you can pick up and read. But um, I, I urge people to read the Magus of Strovolos because it is a profound, a profound work. And another one, if you go to stoaseries.com, it's S-T-O-A-E-R series, just stoa, S-T-O-A, and then series, you can get the book Words of Truth which, um, in fact, people can Google Daskalos on the internet. You, you can, he's a little hard to understand because he's very Grecian, so his English is a bit broken. But the wisdom that comes through that man is astounding. That is, you know, that Daskalos, the Magus of Strolos, is the only written text I've ever seen where he had rein, he reincarnated um, as a child and actually met Christ. Wow. And that's in that text. It'll blow your hair back. Um, and he was actually taken by him when he died of gangrene. A Roman soldier stamped on his foot and he got gangrene as he went back home. He said there was earthquakes. So it's interesting. You know, a lot of people ridicule the Christian myth. I, I personally think it happened. I really do. And um, what, I, what I'm sad about is how twisted and blocked the church did what they did to a lot of the documents and the connectedness between the older texts of the Torah of the ancient world 
they they just chopped it and 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 made it a very politicized uh, changed religion. Hence why we've seen so many versions. We've seen the same thing in Judaism and other religions and, and Hinduism. Uh, people get a hold of these truths. They dog, they make them so dogmatic that then someone breaks off like Buddha or you take Luther or you take, uh, you know, so many others that had broken off in the Christian religion and so many others in Judaism, the same thing happened. You have the, the Hasidics, you have the Stoics, you have the, uh, you know, the, the Orthodox. And uh, yet there's, core truths in every one of them that are magical yeah and uh i think with the internet now and uh online communities and groups like that and you can literally either pick and choose or piece together your own faith or religion now because just by doing the research and uh what what i mean by that is is taking the good stuff from every religion and just there you go you know getting rid of all the bs and i think we can make a really cool religion if we put all the good stuff together right um, so there's a lot of people doing that and a lot of people waking up and using the Internet to kind of break away from um, some of the more um, traditional uh, Christian westernized um, uh, understandings and, and looking back to the East. There's a lot of Christians now looking to the East, looking at Hinduism and even kind of using that as a filter to um, uh, to, to read the Bible even right of this. Uh, you know, we, we talked about mountains and things like mm. that. You know, why was Jesus mm-hmm. infatuated with going into a mountain to pray and going on top of a mountain to pray? Right. Where there's types of energies there, there's higher frequencies. Mm-hmm. And then we look mm-hmm. at, you know, some people who may be Buddhist or Hindu, they literally go into a mountain, oh, into yeah. a cave and or on top of a mm-hmm. mountain. What you know, in, in like the Himalayas to meditate and pray. So we're seeing all these different um, similarities within the biblical text and then it becomes a little bit more yeah. s- spiritual for us because we have some ways to interpret this through a eastern lens versus this westernized religion that we've all been kind of entrapped into with yeah. christianity anyway right well george carlin might have not might not have been too far off base when he said the best thing that come out of the religions was the music right <laughs> <laughs> but there's well, a lot of truths in that yeah i, I mean have great respect for Certain ones that that don't get too dogmatic. <clears throat> I, I love the um, again some of the richness in the uh, messages of souls and the old rabbinical texts are pretty profound. They really are. You cannot make this stuff up, <clears throat> and it's supported by the angelic hierarchies that actually can be extrapolated into the heavens, the astrology, <clears throat> the souls, the journeys of the souls, and you start seeing what astrology is and what it isn't. You know, a lot of people find in readings that, you know, I'm actually telling them that you're not your astrology. And they're, they're very surprised at that. I'm like, no, you have free will. You know, astrology doesn't make you do anything. It influences you. And it's really wonderful to look at what those influences are. Because here's, here's the magic right here, the sacred magic. And that is, <clears throat> if you understand that you have malefic times or transits going on, and you react to those in a more conscious way, you're likely to do a lot better than had you not known they were there. Um, You know, there's a reason the Pope takes a bath in a bathtub. Throughout history, they've busted Popes constantly studying, especially the ancient ones, assiduously, the ancient Egyptian and medieval astrology and Greek stuff. And um, they buried it. They they really have. Um, I mean, come on, they, they, they've got so much esoteric stuff in, in, involved with that. And, and what I like about the rabbinical texts is it puts astrology in a clear 
place that it's really the interaction of the energies of the angelic forces on the soul. <clears throat> and the Vedantic does that as well, too, the, the ancient Vedic scriptures. Um, you really begin to see that we're, we're really sojourners on a journey. And that uh, when we view it that way, it's, it's a lot healthier. Yeah. I, uh, man, so many questions and comments that I'm forgetting them all. Yeah, I, usually yeah. try, I usually try to write them all down, but I've I got my notepad all filled up. Already. <laughs> but there's so many good places to go with that. But, um, man, but I'm, I'm with you. And, uh, and that, that's where my heart is, you know, the, um, the Hebrew and, 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 um, I think we have pieces of that, uh, throughout our Christian literature. But like you said, going oh, yeah. to see where yeah. they got some of this from i mean i'm real i i love the uh the testament of solomon i don't know if you now i do like that one not the keys of solomon i'm with you stay mm -hmm. away but the yeah testament i'm with you solomon. yeah i got a lot of stuff on him yep and uh yeah just hearing hit the, the story like even in the bible there's mention of these different uh deities whether it's um beelzebub and things like that that you only hear mentioned once in the scripture but going into testament of solomon or some of these other um, Hebraic books that oh, were taken yeah. out or, or, yeah. or once held in, in high mm -hmm. regard, you know, going back and reading those to see where the influence came from. The book of Enoch even, you know. Oh, yeah. Text. yeah. Heavy duty stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can get way down the rabbit hole on that one. Like you take everyone's heard like you know most most people we see you know they got a suit tie and a microphone and they're talking about <laughs> the devil right well the uh you know it gets a little deeper than that folks uh, you got lucifer satan belial and leviathan there that's the four what they call princes of the fourth hierarchy that was cast down then you have eight beneath that and you have legions upon legions upon legions upon legions of them on, underneath that and i mean they say the terrestrial spirits it's uncountable there could be trillions and uh, thank god literally the upper angels are there holding all this in abeyance uh, it's you know one of my uh, friends claude swanson who wrote a book a couple of books one is called the synchronized universe and he just takes it from a very uh, left brain physics perspective and views the uh, probability of the order of just physical matter is is impossible to stay in its order like it does without something exceedingly intelligent maintaining it well when you get into this stuff you go well you bet i mean look at i mean these angelic forces are are amazingly powerful and um uh, that's why the earth i don't think the earth will ever end end you know, like it might, I, what do I know? But uh, from what I can see, the next real cataclysmic, like cataclysm would be somewhere very close when we process into the next true age of Aquarius in the sidereal zodiac, which is going to be about when the Hebrew calendar runs out, which is about 200 and something years from now. So I, I don't think it's right around the corner. Yes, we're going to have dissension and war and all the political stuff that we have and all that. We could certainly end up with another major war. I hope we don't. I hope we never do. But um, these things come and go, and a lot of souls get exchanged on that. But um, it, it keeps on going on. You know, my mother had a, uh, a little device that was really cool when I was a kid. It was called a rock tumbler and she would take all these jagged rocks and she would throw it in this little tumbler and then she'd put a bunch of grit in there and she'd fill it up with water and she'd put it on this little roller and the rocks would roll around for about two weeks and then you come back two weeks later and all the rocks were polished. Well, that's, I, I, 
Uh oh, you there? Seem to have lost your brother. Y'all let me know if y'all can still hear me in chat. If uh, we're disconnected or something. Are you there, Jeff? I guess not. Oh, his computer restarted again. He was having computer troubles. Can y'all still hear me though? Let me know. Um, so much <laughs> information. So much information. Shout out to everybody hanging out with us in uh, chat. Chris Garner says, we hear you. Somebody else says, yeah, yeah, hear me. Cool, cool. Um, man, so so many gems uh, in this episode. And so I'm writing down stuff. Graspers of the Aura. Or grasp, Grasper of the Aura. That's an interesting term. That sounds like a True Seeker song, don't it? It might be. I might have to use that one. These different terms and things that, uh, you know, get brought up that uh, everybody's different. There's some people, I mean, most people listen to stuff like this and there's one thing that they take away. Other people, the whole time, their minds are blown. You can let your mind be blown, but try to take something away. Reading here uh, <laughs> in the ch chat, uh, Marquet says, my mind is blown away. That's what I just said. Synchronicity. Synchronicity is all, all, always up with the chat. But um, you can let your mind be blown or you can grab something and take it. Grab something and take it. Like whatever it is because there's a lot. Take one thing. If you're an OG like the homie Chris Garner in chat, you'll take a bunch of things and apply it. You'll take a bunch of things and break it open like a fortune cookie and get the fortune out of it you'll look at it a little bit closer um but uh but just take one thing almost like a lucid dream you know almost like a deep state of meditation with the higher self like so much stuff is coming at you ayahuasca trip you know peyote you know psilocybin you know uh you can just keep naming medicines there's oh, so much stuff that comes and it's a cool experience because you come back like, what the heck was that? Literally, what the hell? What's going on? What is this? Um, but if you can take one thing out of that dream, if you can take one thing out of that uh, astral projection, that um, uh, sacred plant journey, one thing and apply it to your life. Listen, you an OG because I think the more that you do it, you get better at uh, taking more things. But, you know, even with we're saying, what the heck is this? Just looking at these ties, that that whole thing is manna. That's what that's what the word manna means in the Bible. What is this? What the heck is this? There's this stuff that we're being fed these wafers of whatever this is. What I don't know what it is. What is this every morning? It was manna. But one of the rules of manna, you don't know what it is. But one of the rules is that you can only take as much for that day. You only could take as much as you need it for the day because every day you had to keep coming back to eat of the bread of life, if you will. 
And so, again, in the dream states, in a podcast, in information, in dialect, in wisdom, and knowledge, and all of this stuff, what, what is this? What are you talking about? How many times are there concepts that you've heard many times over, many time and time again, but it just didn't click? It didn't click until it all clicked, until it made sense, until, like, even for me, what I do, there's a lot of people who would tune into something like this and they make fun, like from the religious perspective, they make fun of it or whatever, blah, 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 until, hey, man, I need to talk to you, man. This, I'm experiencing some things that I don't know who to talk to. Hey, glad you uh, glad you hit me up, you know, to make sense of, of, of what it is, to understand what it is. But if you don't ask the questions, you'll never receive the answers. And so... To be one that just kicks out all new information that comes to you. That's a form of cognitive dissonance, thinking that you have it all figured out. You know, we don't. And it, it's here a little, there a little. For I mean, this is so, even, I, I, you know, if I could, if even me as, you know, the one who's leading this conversation or leading this podcast anyway, of just to take one of those things, and I wrote down many. You might, you might hear a song, <laughs> Talk, titled graspers of the aura i just think that's a i never heard that term i'm gonna look it up i'm gonna look into it i'm gonna read on it see what it is and i'm gonna articulate it because it's something that stu- stood out to me um put it in a song you know what i'm saying teach it um but there was so much of uh uh the magnus of stormalos <laughs> stormalos i'm gonna look it up not i'm sorry not magic magnus the Magnus of Stormless. I'm looking it up. Screw tape letters. I'm looking it up, even though I've heard that so many times, but I've never. It's kind of it's kind of appalling that I haven't read that yet because it's definitely one of the uh, mystical writings that, uh, for many, it's it's like a it's like an elementary writing. Many people, it, it, I think, books like that have gotten people into mysticism. Books like that have gotten people into spirituality and asking the bigger questions because it's something that. Uh, resonates for them. I think, you know, me paying it forward in a plug, my book, Spirit Realm, has been something that ties a lot of loose ends and then it leaves people even with a lot more questions uh, when it comes to things like that. But it's about fostering to and catering to that desire within you to want to know, to ignite that flame, that wind, to fan the flame within you, uh, as the Bible says. And so there's many different things that we do that and that's one of the things that I tell people they're like look I want to be spiritual I want to I want to learn I want to grow deeper like what do I do and I just a simple formula meditate read spiritual material and listen to spiritual music and I, you know I I do all of those things and I teach all of those things and I lead those things um but there that's what helps you um uh, stir up the awe and wonder and i think that our spirituality and all of these materials and the sephiroth and all of these things uh stirs up intrigue it's not to be lost in any of those things it's not to be um confused in any of those things but just taking what you need for the day because it's like what is this you don't understand it's the manna take what you need for today what is it there's something in a podcast like this again two and a half hours now that we've been talking about so much um, that there's something that, that you can apply. And again, for many of you, there's multiple things that uh, that you can fly, uh, apply. And Chris Garner in chat says too many things sometimes. So um, so it's 
Dave Volkner, shout out to Dave. Love you, bro. See you in chat. He says, uh, Magnuson of Stormolos, M-A-G-N-U-S-O-N, Magnuson of S-T-R-O-V-O-L-O-S, Strovolos. So, you know, books, reading, meditating, praying, listening to music. When I say meditating, that's like, you know, that's just spending time in that secret, quiet place with God and with uh, the Holy Spirit and things. And so um, walking in the spirit, as the Bible talks about, includes all of that stuff, stirring up yourself, singing spiritual songs, as the Bible talks about. All of that stuff comes into play of you wanting to go deeper, of you wanting to know even where to start. It's simple. It's just doing life. <laughs> it's part of your daily life. But again, all of that stuff in the midst of um, simplicity, of seeing the beauty in the blueprint, seeing the beauty in all things, even in the bad things, even in the times you feel like a victim or you feel like you're confused. Look, find beauty in it. Appreciate it because it's not until you're in a state of confusion that you're going to ask for the answers. You're not going to seek the truth. You're not going to ask the the, uh, the, you know what I'm saying, the bigger questions until you're in a state of confusion. You know, as a member in uh, churches, there's tell us that the Bible says God is not the author of confusion. So any time I, I'm and people would use that as a cop out. They would come to a Bible study or a place or listen to a teacher and they would get confused just because they didn't understand it. And then they would negate that teacher and say, hey, God's not the author of confusion and I'm confused. So this person isn't of God. Really strange that they would do that, but they did. But and uh, but now I see again, confusion is a good thing. God uses confusion. He may not be the author. He ain't the one that comes down from the throne of heaven and confuses you. I think that even in, in this hierarchy of angels, there are other beings and angels that are here to send you for a whirlwind. You know, that's what they do. That's what they were created to do. Um, so, no, God is not the author of that. There's but it all is an expression. It comes back to the one that's over it all. But until you're in that state of confusion and chaos, are you gonna, you're not going to seek order. You're not going to seek truth. Be, and until you're in the midst of, of the darkness, you're not going to appreciate the light. You live in the light. You dwell in the light. That's all you do is in the light. You're out of touch. Religious folks, you're out of touch with humanity. You're out of touch with the crack addict. You're out of, out of touch with the drug dealer, the drug addict, the porn addict. You're out of touch. You're just in the light. You 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 have no conception of of the gradients that exist within uh, on, on the spectrum of spirituality of, of life and in the dance that you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, and we got to be careful of that. I try to and even there's a part of me that's out of touch, and I have to continually remind myself. I forgot how it is to be addicted to dope. I forgot how it is to be a you know. Uh, tormented by evil spirits but i remind myself of it you know what i'm saying i try to remember um because other people are still there and i want to have a compassion i want to be able to, to 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 help those people but uh many people you're so busy in the light you don't give a damn because everything's going good for you your blessings and your fi your finances are blessed everything's a blessing you know and so there is no there's no compassion. Even if there is a compassion, there's no way to articulate it. There's no uh, know-how to to step down and, 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 and be real with people and use spirituality in practical ways. All of this deep 
mysticism and astrology and stuff that seems so crazy. Um, but to take all of that stuff and, and, and bring it into the simplicity of, of everyday life. Hold on to your simplicity, people. There are beings and spirits that want to take that from you. And so that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you get lost within the mystery, but found within the simplicity. That's what it's about. It's this great song and dance. And you can either be a victim or a victor. But I think balance is key. If balance is key. Listen, listen, I ain't going to lead you wrong, man. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to let you know what worked for me. I'm going to tell you what worked for me and uh, and hopefully it'll work for you. And I want you to do the same. Let me know what works for you. You know, I think that's what this podcast exists out of. And um, there's there's do's and don'ts. Listen, it's what it's about. Um, somebody speaking of that, <clears throat> somebody in chat a while ago was talking about wrestling with uh, with demons or aliens or entities in the middle of the night. And they want help. They need help uh, navigating through that. We definitely can pray. Um, but it's a little bit about walking it out, you know, praying and rebuking something like that is one thing, but being able to walk it out, being in a community of like-minded people, being in a, a place where, um, you shut those doors to whatever's opening doors to that, to those things. I really do believe that. Um, so whatever it is, you want to shut the doors and you want to make sure that you walk out victory. So I can pray. I will pray. I do have some, some resources on my website too, that you can check out that help you walk in victory. Um, I have, I actually have uh, meditations and prayers that you can put on that a lot of people listen to about spiritual warfare. Um, my encountering Jesus meditation. It's free. If you go to the website, you can get it for free. If you sign up for the email list, um, it'll go straight to your inbox. But I think that the, the testimonies and things that I'm getting back from people who listen to those meditations and who sit in them, um, they find a tremendous, uh, um, tremendous healing and, 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 and being refreshed. So, um, I do have resources available for you to, to walk this stuff out and to understand what you're going through and, and how to, uh, um, walk in, in, in freedom in those areas. And so also have our school of the mystics. It's every Thursday night. You have, we have discord, like you can get direct access to me throughout the day. I'm on it. The majority of the time I'm doing work, I have it pulled up. So that's a way you can get a, uh, access to me. Uh, you have to be a patron, uh, a supporter. It's only a dollar. You get it for a dollar. So, but if you can't afford a dollar, there's other free things that you can download at your disposal as well to help you uh, navigate and try to make sense of what's going on. So that's the least that uh, th that I can do. And so um, uh, Allie says in chat, I encourage everyone to do the meditation. I listen to them often. Thank you, Allie. Um, one of the most popular videos on my channel is my, um, uh, sp what is it, a spiritual warfare meditation. And what it is, it's an affirmation. It's, re it's reading scriptures over you. Like there's power in that. You know, I want that's one thing I want to talk to him about as well is reading the Psalms. He's talking about how magical the Bible, the Bible is and taking the passages apart. Listen, just reading the Bible out loud, especially the Psalms, it releases things. It shuts doors like there is power in that, man. So with a lot of those meditations and affirmations, they're just me reciting scriptures that help me out of a, a, a hard time in my life that are magical that have the ability to open and close doors that we've opened knowingly or unknowingly so um, there's so much to it a lot of those resources are free i'm in uh, uh there's other stuff too i'm available for one-on-one -on -one consultations and and guided meditations and spirit journeys and whatever you want to do um, i'm available for those things as well so definitely check out the website um 
for sure. But there's a bunch of free stuff. I want to put that out there as well. One thing he said too, uh, and I, I threw it up on the screen for those of you watching, but he mentioned it's so much, man, you know, but he mentioned that Ken and Raihu or something like that. Ken and Raihu were like these two dualities of the moons or something. Like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, I'll do a bad job of, of explaining a lot of this stuff. I just try my best. But my, I, 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 my mind immediately went to Ken and Ryu or the two dualities and these two uh, enemies in uh, um, Street Fighter. In Street Fighter, they, they, you know, and understanding where these names and terms, terms come from, it all comes from astrology, man. Like that's where we come from out there. It's when heaven touches earth. Our souls are uh, from heaven. We're etheric, but we're made out of the dust of the earth. So it's with the it's it's the polarities that exist within the ho- the hearts and souls of men. And understanding that it's not a bad thing. The duality is not bad, but don't get lost in it. Don't get lost within the duality. Don't find yourself fighting yourself, being at one and understanding the energies, understanding your your likes and your dislikes and your distaste and the things that God has put within you are different from other people. But understanding responding with love and universal law and all of those things, that's for everybody. So take that embodiment embody it. <clears throat> it is the embodiment of all the religions of Jesus and um all of those texts. Responding with love. <clears throat> Man. With that, I'm gonna say peace, y'all. Um we got some more stuff I'd like to share, but uh we're almost at uh two hours and thirty six minutes at this point. Um, shout out, man. Thank you guys for believing in the work, everybody for supporting on whatever, uh, level or platform that, that you do. So if you're just sharing out my material, if you're just hanging out in the chat with us, making these live streams fun, if you're listening on the podcast apps and you know, that's definitely where the, the biggest audience is, man. Shout out to everybody, no matter what you're doing and what you're bringing to the table. If you're praying for me and my family, uh, if you're supporting financially, no matter no matter what you're doing, I appreciate everyone um, equally, you know. And um, so I, I'll just say thank you for that. And um, I'm just excited about the future. Um, we have, uh, speaking of the future, we have the men's retreat coming up. Only got four beds left, guys. If you want to get lost in the woods and, and go on a, a spirit journey with me and uh, really just connect, I have a men's retreat. We have four tickets left for anybody who is interested in that. Um, it's going to be August the 15th. Tickets are at truthseeker.com. Um, also, too, I want to just let people know, too, because some people want to know what's coming up. And I'm booked out, man. I think I got like, I may have 15, 16 episodes booked back to back right now with guests and stuff. So I'm trying to uh, get these guests on my website so you can actually go to the site and see some of the upcoming guests that I have now. So if you go to truthseeker.com or just click on any of the posts, I think you'll be able to see um, the schedule and uh, some of the next ones that I have coming up. I got Chris Carter book back on here um, talking to uh, to head about coming on head from corn. He's supposed to be on here. Um, I'm, as soon as I have dates for everybody, I'm going to try to put them on there. It's a lot of work. I got to sit down and put images up and fix the, dates and it's a lot of work so also looking for people to help again still need people to make uh snippets from my podcast and uh um you know help help me get the word out about what i'm doing if you have any interesting or exciting ways that 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 you can help things that you're good at you know how you know your way around a computer you got some extra time and you want to pay it forward if you uh whatever it is man let me know because i do need help 
doing some of this IT stuff and I always put that out there and every time I do people come through so thanks everybody for doing that but uh, hit me up if you want to help it's pretty easy to do that um, hit me up thank you guys we'll do it again um, Chris Garner says happy belated birthday to Spirit Wolf for sure my wife's birthday was yesterday we had a blast um, our anniversary was the 23rd we uh, went on a little short short vacation celebrating her birthday and our anniversary and so we're back now in the swing of things ready to get it moving i'm toying with the idea to just try it out let me know if you think it'll be good in the in the show notes in the comment section discord wherever you are let me know if you think this will be cool i'm thinking about doing a test run of doing like a five-day stream every day for a week just to see how it goes see if the algorithms help it see if people hang out you know I don't know if there could be too much content for me. Again, that's probably why I need some help too on on the social media side because I'm putting out the content, but I feel like it doesn't get promoted the right way. Like it's almost a full-time job to promote and share these episodes and get new ears and new listeners. And so, especially when the algorithms are working against you. So I need people for that, but thinking about it, I mean, I would hate to do a whole week of interviews and then nobody, I don't really spend the time promoting this episode because this episode was really, really cool. And all of the 330 episodes that I have, which, as far as I'm concerned, all of them are cool. There's gems in every single one of them. So let me know, guys. Give me some feedback. Let me know in chat. Let me know how you can help, if you want to help, whatever it is. Love you guys, and I will do it again very soon. Peace, peace. Wow, so the throne room meditation, man. Uh, this was just like a new level for me of creating encounter. Uh, really the process behind it is going in for myself, having an encounter with the Lord, tapping into the spirit and getting in his presence and really just petitioning the Father's heart and saying, God, what? You don't get an what outro, would you, you say to commercial. Them? If I'm bringing these the people outro, with me here, if they're doing screen, this guided meditation, get a commercial. we're going through this journey, <laughs> so we're having fun, we're seeing things, we're experiencing new feelings and emotions and sensations, what would you say to them? So it's channeling the Father's heart and relating it back to the people. So man, it's just a beautiful encounter. And um, I remember when I wrote the first one, um, I was so excited about it and it was just God speaking to my heart. I was able to channel the Father's heart and um, I would read the script to people because I was just so excited while I was working on it. And every time that I would just read the script, the presence of God would just invade me and I just burst into tears and I couldn't even read it. I'm just like, let me copy and paste it and send it to you. But every time I listen to it, I'm immediately translated back into the throne room of God and uh, everything's good there. That's the place where everything is okay, where in the scriptures it says that we are to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is the throne room of God. This is the place that we can encounter for ourselves, but this is also a place in which we dwell. So a part of us is always there, and we have access to that. Now there's people who have never encountered this before in their life, and it's a totally new experience for them. And almost every time I get a testimony back from someone, they just say how God wrecked their lives, that they didn't know what they were getting into. The next thing they know, they're in the presence of God, wrapped up in His glory. He's communicating His love to them, and it just totally wrecks their lives. So make sure you check out the throne room, guided meditation, visualization that I brought to the table.